In the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible states that place. so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Awesome I pray that you are Come blessed by what you are about to hear or listen to. He can move this is a Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries presentation. Stay blessed. Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome. Proverbs what? How many of you seated here were there? It was a whole different badge. Because I wanted to continue from there. So, see this is a thing I don't like. Different classes every time. So, Proverbs 6, Proverbs 14, verse 4. Proverbs 14, verse 4. Everybody, let's go. We are going to read a scripture and pray in Genesis 12, right? Everybody, one go. The trough is clean. Who understands the scripture? Literally. No deep uh, revelation. Just literal translation. What does it mean? Anybody? Yes, dear. Um, so from how I understand it, um, like it basically means that if you don't have any oxen at all, wherever they eat would be clean or empty. But then in order to receive increase, you need more oxen. And so basically, the more oxen you have, the, should I say, dirtier or whatever it is. Let's clap for it. Let's clap for it. An oxen or a donkey or an ass, okay, is, it's for work, right? Now, it says, if you want your house to be clean, don't keep a donkey. Okay, you know cattle. If you don't want the house to be clean, don't keep a donkey. But if you want to increase your productivity in the farmland, then you need the strength of a donkey. But mind you, when the donkeys come, they're going to poo. They will eat. They will poo. So you have to clean up their poo. If you don't want to clean poo, don't buy a donkey. It's a very wise counsel. Do you know that? What's your name? Kevin. Do you know that? Have you considered it? Have you considered it? Who has considered it? Has considered it. If you want peace of mind, stay alone. If you want peace of what? Do what? But bodily comfort comes by. (laughs) 
by what network? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Please let the place be full. Let the place be full. Where, where are our people? Not, like, I promise you, I'm not going to insult anybody. <laughs> I don't know why people think that bloody talk is going to be. Eh, Dion, what did you tell them? <laughs> when you go to the lab, okay, they don't cut you. They just prick you small and the blast of flows. Genesis, let's go to, we'll come back to Proverbs 14 verse 4. We'll come here. We'll come back again. Praise the Lord. Genesis 12 verse 1. Everybody, one go. Oh, man of God, use the microphone uh, so that I have some sound. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out, out of, of your, your country, country. One, from your family, two, and from your father's house, three, to the land that I will show to you. To the land I will show you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are going to pray shortly. Shortly. God gets up and he wants to roll out his salvation plan for humanity. He wants to start a new beginning with a new species of people, with a new group of people. Remember, Adam and Eve had fallen out of grace, out of the kingdom. What he handed over to them in Genesis. Praise the Lord. People like Enoch, them had come and gone. All right? The whole world, people were misbehaving. Right? And God says, okay, it's time to reveal myself. It's time to do a new thing. Praise the Lord. And so God says, man... Leave your country, old place. Media people, I told you something. When I put a scripture, what do you do? When I am about to do a new thing. So, this is the format. This is how we're going to move. First things first. Get out of your country, number one. When you are a citizen of a country, that place gives you your identity. It defines your culture. Praise the Lord. Get out of your family. Your family gives you language, tribal identity. Get out of your father's house. Your father's house gives you identity, language, education, protection. Is that not so? Then say, go to a land. Here comes the problem. That I will show you. What would have been a better language for God to use? Joel. Exactly where you want me to go. That's the right thing to do. In your mind. 
in your mind. The right way is that show me. Don't do long things. Father, I have reached 20. Show me. When I see her, I know she's the one. When I see him, I know he's the one. We are not herbalists. We don't beat around the bush. Praise the Lord. When you read the book of Genesis chapter 2, God said, for this purpose, for this reason, a man shall leave his father's house, his mother's house, and shall be joined to his wife. The two shall become Before we go into details, I want you to close your eyes. If you go to uh, Revelations, he said, the people were singing. He said, God has rescued us, or Christ has rescued us by his death and resurrection from every kindred, from every nation, from every tribe, from every tongue. Is that not so? Is that not so? I'm talking to you about foundations. In this, script, in this scripture, I want you to say, pray this short prayer. Father, uproot me from the old land, from the old family, and from the old father's house, and plant me in the land of new beginnings, from every area of my life, especially for my relationships. When I say relationships, I'm not just talking about the one that you will end up with in marriage. Because as human beings and as people of God, our whole life, okay, is premised on many kinds of relationships. And the quality of the relationships you have will define more or less opportunities, threats, and many other things that will happen to you. I mean, if you have a friend that is very dusted, all right, who has a couple of millions to spare, and you wanted to change your neighborhood from Mamobi, Zongo, to the airport residentials, all right, and they were charging you 3,000 Ghana cities a month, and you know your friend has, he blows like, 50,000 a week on useless things. Do you think you will, you will suffer? Right? Relationships. When I was in the bank working with a colleague, a colleague of mine was going to get married. 
He just got up one day, looked at me, looked at a couple of friends of his who were sitting there, we were all chatting. I was like, ah. Like Job said, all of you are miserable comforters. He said, Charlie, you guys, are they go marry? So none of you go feel say, Charlie, I go rent all the cars give you. Charlie, we are poor people. I'm going to change my friends. Now, I didn't have money. But what he said hit my heart. I said, how dare you? Hey, I'm taking care of it. Praise the Lord. You are clapping, but it wasn't funny in my pocket. <laughs> but I wanted to change the narrative. That as long as I am your friend. Masa, 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 masa. Some things should not be impossible. As long as I'm your friend. Praise the Lord. I believe I'm an emissary of the kingdom. I believe and I'm, I'm a Christ ambassador. And the Bible says that we, we diffuse the aroma of Christ. We are the aroma of Christ. We diffuse it. If Christ was there physically, he would make provision like he made provision at the wedding. Is that not so? So that aroma must flow through me. So let's make it possible. Your friends, your network. If they are drunkards, chances are that you taste alcohol. I organized an excursion when I was a student to, is it Bojo? No. Somewhere in the Cape Coast or Takradi Road, I've forgotten the name of the place. And there were these ragamuffin rascals who joined. They were students from Ashesi. And some of them, they will mix weed with sobolo. I warned them, but they managed to smuggle some on board. So when we were on the beach, and we were, I know that they were drinking, they gathered, and they were, I went there. And I said, hey, I hope this thing is pure. He said, ah. They, were, they used to call me spirit. Spirit, Charlie, do you taste this? Oh, yeah. You, t- you didn't say we. Oh, no, no, no. Ah, Charlie, I'll be you there. You taste. When I took the thing, God says, don't. <laughs> like, they will laugh at me that oh, we got him. And <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because one of them had already warned me before that before I finish school, they would make me drink gin and lime. And I warned that person that before the semester ends, you'll be born again. I was preaching one day in KCF when he was driving. He was going to a coffee shop there about, and the Holy Spirit arrested him. And he, he drove, came to lie. I was preaching like this. Came to lie in front there, rolling on the floor, gave his life to Christ. Praise the Lord. 
you are going to pray shortly because your foundations the land you come from the family you belong to the house you are coming from has a great bearing on where you are going why couldn't God do what he wanted to do with Abraham where he was in that land in that family and in that house why did he need to let him move foundations I won't go deep into details it's a preaching for another but I want you to pray the prayer close your eyes put your hand on your heart and say father rescue me rescue the foundations of my life from that land that does not know you that land that does not augur well for new beginnings if there have been negative patterns in that land lord let me be planted in a new land of a new beginning as you did for father abraham lord do for me and show me oh, he said and now to a place i will show you god is interested in revealing things but some revelations does not come to you if you are in that land you must not be if you are in a family no matter how gifted you are you can't see some things God can't show you. Your father's house can blind you. You can't see where God wants to take you. Lord, approach me. And position me where I can see. God didn't show him. Uh, there was a day that God showed him. That day was the day where one member of the family who had followed him as long as Lot was with Abraham, God didn't show Abraham. The day Lot left, and God said, now you have fully left the family. Lift up your eyes. As far as your eyes can see, now that you are totally disconnected from the family members that I said dissociate yourself from, now that you are fully disconnected from the land I said come out from, now that you are disconnected from the house, I said, come out of. Now, lift up your eyes. As far as your eyes can see around about you, this is the whole place. There was one man. God says, as far as your eyes can see. Lord, disconnect me from anything, from my background. That blinds me. That stops you from ministering the grace of the kingdom to me. By the blood. Oh, my sister, pray. Because you see, the environment you grow up in determines the opportunities, <laughs> your experiences, and many things. The language, your perceptions, how you see, how you hear, how you interpret things. The land you belong to will determine 
the kind of person you will meet <laughs> for a partner. If you school in a chassis, your sample size <laughs> to pick from is a chassis university. If you are in Legon, your sample size is leg. Is that not so? If you are in the business class, your sample size. <laughs> if you are in KCF, your sample size. If you belong to Presby, a particular assembly, your sample size is there. Sometimes within the sample size, you choose and you start considering. Then you get a scholarship to go to NYU. Then you go and start meeting half castes. And you start meeting human beings with finer skin. Finer skin tones. And then you see that Gasu's heart starts beating. Then Gasu starts saying, Father, did I make a mistake? Did I hear you in Ghana? Sometimes the environment you enter in can speak to you. You, you get that, Miriam? You see? Right now, you'll be in Ghana. You are seeing fine boys, fine boys. But when you travel, you see that God's handiwork is wondrous and plenty. You see finer boys with finer skin who have not eaten Gary Sokins. Their voice is deep and smooth. You get me? When they say babes, you feel it. Then you start praying, Shakos Atus Apas. Father, I can sense your presence. You are lying. You are not sensing God's presence. You are sensing a new environment. It's an environment of a new beginning. I am not saying when God opens a door for you to go to you, let's go and do that. I will come and slap you. That's why I say, pray, Father, position me. Valentine, pray. So that God can show you whether it is Ajwata or somebody else. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We commit this session into your hands. Lord, speak to us. By the washing of the word, sanctify us. Fulfill 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in our hearts, Lord. In our spirits, soul, and body. And preserve us blameless to the appearing of Christ. Let Christ be glorified in this seminar. Lord, I pray that every destiny represented here, you will enter by the blood, by the right hand of God. And Lord, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil relationships. Anything that would deny us access to the kingdom, to the manifestation of your power, your glory, your mercy, and your purposes. Father, deliver us. 
Rescue us from wrongful lands, from wrongful places, wrongful families, and position us in the land of our new beginning with faithful Abraham. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now that we have that out of the way, uh, hopefully I should be able to finish this session. Hopefully. Praise the Lord. So, I think somewhere in March 2020, 2020 we did a, the last relationship seminar. Praise the Lord. I was supposed to speak to you on different kinds of relationships. But because of, I think it was also a new crowd, so to speak, so I couldn't go deep. I, I just stayed on the Proverbs 14, verse 4. I would want to visit that place more and then touch on some different relationships that we have as children of God, as saved people. All right? And then we'll come to the today's session. And then I hear there are some questions and answers. I'll go and read it, answer it, and then I'll leave the last hour or so for you to ask your in-house questions. And then we go. Is it fine? Is it fine? Before I start saying anything, I want to make these, um, I want to put these out there. These are things I want to say. Everything I'm about to say is for kingdom dwellers. I am not talking to the world. I am not talking to every human being. I am talking to children of God. I'm talking to people who have received true salvation by the death and resurrection of Christ. I'm talking to new creations. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Praise the Lord. I am talking to kingdom citizens. I am talking to members of God's household. Do you understand me? This, the things I'm going to say are for uh, life principles for people who live under God's umbrella. Not people who have their own ideas and mindsets. Praise the Lord. Jesus came and sent the disciples and said, when this sending I'm sending you, go to the lost house of Israel. Don't go to the Gentile world. This power I'm giving you, if you go and use it to people who are not in the household of Israel, it won't work. Go out there, go and preach. But this preaching is for those in the house who are lost. They are in the household but they are the lost house of Israel. In other words, because of certain situations and interactions and circumstances, they seem to have forgotten that they are children of God, they have a covenant with God, and so they have imbibed the mindset of the Gentile world. Go to them and go and tell them about the kingdom. Praise the Lord. And so, I am speaking to the lost house of the kingdom. So to speak. 
I am not talking to people who are not born again. I'm not talking to people who don't respect the word of God. I'm not talking to people who don't have reverence for the gospel of Christ and for the, the unadulterated word of God. No. I'm talking to people who have accepted that Jesus is Lord, not just as Savior, but as Lord. Do you know the difference? Jesus, as Savior, died for our sins, resurrected for our justification. But as Lord, it means that he rules your life. He, he controls you. You are his slave. Lord means master. Do you understand me? It means that when he says sleep, you sleep. There is no argument. When he says wake, you wake. There is no argument. Do you understand me? When he says match, you match. He says, stop, you stop. You don't murmur against him. That is master. So when we say, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? We are saying that beyond the fact that he can save, do you recognize him that he has authority to dictate and run your life? Many people see him as Savior, but many people don't like him as Lord. So when it comes to aspect of making decisions and making reform reform regarding their personal character personal attitude as per his word they stay away they feel that his words and his counsel is archaic it does not fit into modern day lifestyle his word has not lost value it will never lose value indeed he said the heavens and the earth will pass away and yet his word remains. So I need you to understand that as Lord, he reigns over your life forever and ever. So that when you sing the song and it says, if I live, I live for him. And if I die, I die for him. In all my ways, I'm ever yours. If I live, you are saying that you belong to him. Praise the Lord. So, I repeat, everything that is about to be shared here, it does not work for those who are outside the kingdom. These are kingdom principles. And like Reverend Andrew said when he was leading, it is going to challenge your mind. It is going to do what? The reason why it is a bloody talk is that it is going to... Who knows what a leech is? You know what a leech is. What do leeches do? They attach themselves to your skin and borrow their head into your blood system and stay there and suck your blood. If you pull a leech out, what will happen? Blood will flow. I am sent here to pull the leeches off your mind. Blood will flow, but it is for your good. Leeches are demonic agents. I have a book written by the late evangelist Ernest Angle, or Angle, however you want to call him. It's called Leeching of the Mind. 
this man was very prophetic and very spiritual. And in fastings, God will show him the, how demons take over the human mind. Have you had an argument with somebody who feels he's right? And when you, you wonder the foolishness that he is spewing and he feels he is infallible. Like I, last Sunday, I came to Ashesi after the meeting. One gentleman came quoting scriptures, quoting scriptures, arguing, trying to tell me that I'm a false prophet because I use the communion to do deliverance. And he was reading the scripture to me. And Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. That is all the only thing you can use the communion for. How come you are using it for a deliverance? You are not preaching the true gospel of the kingdom. You are, you are, you are fake. And whilst I was talking to people, he was openly disrespectful. Like I'm talking to you, he's sitting and reading the scriptures, like to disturb. I turned to him and said, my brother, will you stop? Like he couldn't be bothered. He was reading scriptures. Yes, I hear you from Zimbabwe. I didn't mind him because there are a lot of people like him on the internet. There are, they are a church. They are a sect. And there are different kinds of them. Yesterday I was online. I was, somebody posted a message about the blood of Jesus. And he asked the question, why the blood? Why the blood? And people came under his post to come and explain from the Old Testament perspective the mind of God. Why without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. And then, then such a per, another person came. Anybody who does not preach only the gospel, the four gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke, Ejo. That person is fake. That person will go to hell. Only the teachings of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the correct gospel. Everything else, there's another group of people, okay? They will tell you every teaching of Jesus is part of the Old Testament. That the New Testament started from the resurrection of Christ. So everything Jesus said before he died and resurrected is Old Testament. So they don't believe that it should be applied in modern day. There are many people. There are different sects. And just like Christ, Satan came to Jesus quoting scriptures. I nearly told the gentleman that what you are doing, that's what Satan did. Quoting scriptures doesn't make you right. I know Rastafarians. When I was a student, they would come. They would quote scriptures. And I would laugh. I, I have, because your mind is leached until the glorious truth is spread, you will you read the message and misinterpret. The scripture says, such people ever learning, but never coming to the truth. Let's take the guy's, I'm, I'm deviating small, but let's take the guy's example, the scripture he read for me that Jesus said, take this and drink, for this is the cup of the new covenant shed for you. As often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Who celebrates their birthday here? Like today is Rev D's birthday. Now, every time we celebrate his birthday on a day like this, 
we are remembering that his mother gave birth to him. So we just say, we are remembering that you were giving birth to. But is that all? Happy birthday. The Lord bless you. The Lord increase you. The Lord give you more oil. Have we blasphemed because we just didn't remember that. We just didn't say we are thanking God that your mother gave birth to you on a day like this. But we are saying that on the fact that today is a day we are remembering. May heaven bless you. May heaven give you new experiences of glorious times. We, we are fake. We are demons. But let me switch from the human side to the spiritual side. If the blood is the blood of the new covenant set for me, which blood attests to the fact that your sins are forgiven? It attests to the fact that every handwriting that was contrary, every code that says that the soul that sins shall die, but the blood has wiped away that code so that your sin, okay, should not kill you, but your sin is pardoned. Not just pardoned, but you are justified. You never sinned. By the blood. He says that every other sin that you commit is washed away. He tells you in First John that when the light of God shines, or when you walk in the light, the blood of Jesus sanctifies you and we have fellowship one with another. If by that blood, those of us who are not part of the commonwealth of God have been drawn into the, that commonwealth, then... When you, I lift up the communion and I say thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins to remember God's name, I can still stand on that same blood and say, Father, by virtue of the covenant of the blood which has rescued us, any demon that is plaguing anybody, contrary to what the blood has done, let that, that, let that stronghold or the legal foundations that demon is standing on to uh, brutalize or destroy be broken. Does that make me a false person? Does that mean that I'm not remembering the, or I'm misapplying the blood? Have you seen the foolishness of somebody whose mind is leached? And they have the effortry to, to, to disrespect because he thinks he knows scripture. You are a small boy. Did that KCF's age uh, from your age and see how old you were. When the Lord was teaching me, when I started KCF, did that is from your age? Small boys. Plenty. I remember those days, I'll come to Ashesi, come and preach about the mercy of God. He said, come bold, let us come boldly into the throne room of grace. And obtain mercy and find grace for help. Jesus has died. He has already shown us mercy. So it's a wrong thing to preach about mercy. We don't need to plead for mercy in the kingdom. And many people will leave. They'll go and argue. And I ask, do. So if I come to Ashesi, for instance, when you go to one, one, second Peter chapter one from verse 5 going or so, or verse 4 going or so. It tells you, with all diligence, add to your faith, what? Virtue. 
Put the scripture there for me. Uh, verse 5 is there. 1 Peter. 2 Peter 1 5. But also for this very reason, giving diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to virtue. So we all know, most of us have heard a little bit of preachings about faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So if I come and then I say, I'm coming to talk to you about virtue. Those people will tell me that I'm not preaching the true gospel of the kingdom because I'm not preaching about the death and the resurrection and salvation. The Bible says, add virtue. Have you found out what virtue is? How do I add virtue to my faith? How, how is that? What is the purpose of virtue to my Christian work for which the writer is telling us, children of God, that to walk in faith alone does not cut it. There are certain things that you need to be fruitful. When you go down there, he said, for if you have these things in you, they make you so that you will not be barren. Give me the verse. I think 7. Go to verse 7. Let me see. Okay, verse 8. Let's go. 9. 8. Nine. Uh-huh. Verse 8. Everybody. Unfruitful in the, in the knowledge, knowledge of our Lord Read Jesus it again. Christ. For if these things are yours and are There are seven pillars, so. That he says, add. That you need to be to grow in, be established in. But those people says that as long as I am not talking about the death and the resurrection, which are part of the elementary principles. From, I quoted that scripture to him. He didn't go. He said, For if these things, which things? What he started from verse 5 to verse 7. He said, If those seven things they are in you, they do what? He said, if they are yours. I, I, look at how you. If these things are yours and abound, you will, you will need that. There is a version that, that puts, they will make you. Then he said that so that you need that. You will neither be what? Barren. Nor unfruitful. It means that, hear this. It's not, I'm not preaching. Have you, how many of you know Matthew 13, the parable of the sower? Have you noticed that some seeds fall onto good grounds? But he tells them, tells us that it bears fruit 30%. This is what accounts for it. If you have faith only and you don't have the other six things added to your faith, you bear fruit only 30%. He said, if these things be in you and they are yours, if these things are bound, you will neither be unfruitful or barren. In other words, the fullness of what Christ came to give you becomes evidence. You become fruitful perfectly. Not partly fruitful. That's the foolishness of these people who don't study scriptures. Take one part of the scripture and begin to run. Knowledge, zeal without knowledge. That is what Satan does. He picks a word of God and puts his lie inside. So people don't their eyes are blinded to the full gospel. And I'm intentionally going to this because this also reflects in our relationships. 
and reflect in our relationship. The reason why we have so many sects in Christianity, somebody has taken one part of the gospel, another has taken one part, another, and, and people don't want to put everything together and understand what is this man saying? What is God saying? Praise the Lord. When I gave my life to Christ, I received baptism of the Holy Spirit. I stopped speaking in tongues at, uh, at a particular year. Because there were so many teachings. If you don't understand, don't speak. There are plenty of things. I stopped speaking. One day, the Holy Spirit, thank God for the governor of the kingdom, the Holy Spirit, came to me, showed me in scripture the diversities of tongues. That was the first time I noticed that it's not the gift of tongues, but it's a gift of diverse tongues. He showed me and explained to me, if these things be in you and they are yours, then they are bound. You will neither be barren. So you see what accounts for barrenness in the kingdom and fruitfulness. You see what account and fruitful in the knowledge. In the knowledge of so people say they know God, but they are not encountering certain realms, they are not encountering certain realities. Okay, there are people who love God genuinely. I know that gentleman, he genuinely loves God, but he's genuinely wrong. That's why I won't, I like, uh, Charlie, you go and sit down. It's like teaching somebody long division and he thinks that is the only thing to mathematics. That's the problem. This is the problem of the, of the, of the, of the, the Jews and the Samaritans. Our fathers worshipped on the mountain. God reveals himself only on If you worship anywhere outside the mountain, you are wrong. The Jews said, you are lying. God told us to build a temple here and serve him here. If you don't worship anywhere else apart from the temple, you are wrong. You are going to hell. Jesus said, it is not mountaintop ministries. Neither is it Jerusalem International. Traveling to Israel to go and get a shore will not take you to heaven. Getting wiry, wiry from Israel. The people who produce olive oil in Israel, most of them are Muslims. They don't even believe. When you go to Israel, the people who sell the talit to you, they are, most of them are Muslims. They are the traditions of men. It doesn't bring salvation. The anointing is not in that thing you are putting around you to pray. The anointing is in your heart. What is the state of your heart? So Jesus said, God is spirit. And those who want to encounter him must do so in truth and in spirit. So it's not about the mountain or the temple. It is about truth and spirit. It's about what? It's about what? It's a message for another day. If I start, we'll not go into our relationship seminar today. But I will use that to tell you that the first relationship, therefore, that God wants you to establish is between him and himself in truth and in spirit. Write this down. As a kingdom citizen, you are created for relationships. And the foremost relationship, the foremost relationship that you have that God wants you to establish is relationship. I wish children were not part of this service today. 
because it's going to get heated. Not heated as in me, but heated as in I'm going to say some things about the human body. They need to hear it. Eh? Okay, you leave them. Praise the Lord. Are you here with me? Are you here with me? Have you gone home? What do I say? As a kingdom citizen or as a human being, the foremost relationship you are created for is a relationship between you and, and Christ or God. God told Adam, if you touch this thing, you will die. We will be separated. Life without God is death because God is the source of life. Our life is subsumed in who God is. It, our life has its source in the reality of God. Paul says, quoting a certain group of people in Acts 17, I think verse 28, he says, For in him we live. In him we move and have our being. In other words, our very existence, our being is embedded, is premised on the relationship we have with God through Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. Jesus put it this way, I am the way, the truth, the life. No human being can have access to the Father except by me. And so here goes, no human being can live without God. Atheists who says there is no God even have their being in the person they deny. The Bible says that he breathes out, he gives them and they all are alive. He draws his breath back and they all die. When the Lord requires the breath of life from you, this thing that is animated by the breath of God cannot be animated again. Even though they say the life of the animal is in the blood, let God draw his breath from you. You will see that the blood in you does will not give you life. Is that not so? So, your relationship with God is fundamental to your existence on planet Earth. If that is the case, then pay attention to the scripture well. In him we live. It means that every action of yours on planet Earth has to be based on the laws of God. I think I should stand behind this. Otherwise, because I'm, as I'm talking, some things are pulling me. The blood wants to flow now. Some things are pulling me to start throwing some things now, but I need to go systematically. Hallelujah. Yejina Calvary be Hallelujah. 
Are you here? So, the relationship you are looking for with another human being must first be premised on your relationship with God. The last time I said this, and I think this should be on our YouTube page or Facebook or Podbean. I said that anyone who does not have a relationship with Christ or does not live in God does not have love. It is impossible. Please, pay attention. Some of you ladies here will come and tell us that you have met a guy. He is not a Christian, but he is a good guy. So, you will love him and change him. You have not died for any human being before. Even Jesus who died for you, has he finished changing you? Why am I standing here again? I said, let me stand. Let me put this thing on. If I don't stand in front here, I'll go into channels that... That person that has not accepted Christ does not have the divine nature of God called love. Love is like faith. It does not come from man. It is not the product of man's feelings. When somebody says, I have feelings for you, hunger is a feeling. Thirst for drink is a feeling. Lust is a feeling. Love is not a feeling. When the person told you I have feelings for you, that is the wrong premise to let your heart and mind start moving towards him. If you allow your heart to oscillate towards that person, you are a fool. You are the bigger fool. Let the first leech drop. Anyone that says, Sister Gay, you are beautiful. I'm rough you. Tell the person, go and sit somewhere with your foolishness. Hey, apostle, if I tell him that uh, and I don't get a boy again, will you marry me? No, I won't marry you. But better stay single than get attached to a fool because your life will become foolish. And you will come back and cry that your heart is broken. Two days ago, I saw a video on Facebook. A boy was crying and some assaulting from a, a table to a chair. Oh, Abina. Abina, who has seen that video? Joel, you have seen it. Then you go and stand on the table and somersault. Oh, Abina! Why won't Abina kill you? Because you are a fool. You are a bigger fool than Abina. Abina had a feeling. And you base a, a, an eternal decision on a fleeting emotion. Core feeling. 
And so some of you ladies, it's not time for me to say these things yet. Some of you ladies will say, this guy is proposing to me, but I don't feel anything towards him. So you reject him. You are at web. <laughs> Who has felt faith before? Maybe you don't understand. He said now, I think 1 Corinthians 13, the last verse. Now, let faith, hope, and love abide. Is it 12 or 13? But the greatest is love. The reason why he said let them abide, in other words, they are siblings. They work in concert. Hope comes from God. Hope is not a human expectation. It has divine power. It does not make a shame. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. It is not a human product. You cannot produce faith by yourself. You cannot say, I have faith towards you because I like you. It, not, it doesn't happen like that. In the same way, their sibling, their greater sibling called love, is not born by man. That is why if you are a guy, you saw the girl, and you said, I love you. And then, after some few seasons, you saw the person's true nature. That the ox or the donkey you went for has poop. The oxen can poop. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. Put it there. Point number one, I said, every human being born in God, you, you, your life is subsumed in God because your first relationship has to be with God. You cannot live without God. In him you live. In him you move. Move means that your daily interactions, your inferences, the premise upon which you make any decision, must be based on your relationship with God. It is what God is saying. It is what Christ has said. It is what he expects. That defines your mindset. No born-again Christian has a personal mindset. Your mindset is the word of God. Your opinion is the opinion of God. What do you think about this guy? I need to know God's mind concerning the person. If you have this mindset, you will not gossip anymore. Because God will not gossip about your brother to you. What God will do is to show you the weakness of your brother and say, pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Do you understand me? That is the first thing. And I'm coming to you and I'm saying that if in, if in him you move, then it means that when you meet somebody that you like, before you move into that thing you call relationship with the person, okay, you would have considered what Christ has said or the word of God has said. One counsel he gives you out of millions of counsels in the Bible, 
Proverbs 14, verse 4. Where no ox- give me NLT. Operator. NLT. Everybody, one go. The stable stays clean. If you want your perfect little clean life, don't bring oxen. And Pastor, what is oxen? Oxen is the girl you are crushing. Oxen is the boy you are crushing. Oxen is that girl with the shape you are looking for. Whether the shape is round, Coca-Cola, Jintai, or guitar. Uh, what else? What, what, what are, Don Simon, shape. Bella Qua, shape. What? Polytank. Tapoli, Tapoli, Tapoli shape. The foreigners don't know what a police is. Or an oak tree ship. Because everybody has what attracts them physically. Everybody. There are girls who like slim tall guys. There are girls who like macho guys. There are girls who like a man with a pot belly. There are girls who like a man with a flat belly. Same way there are guys who like a woman who has a lot of Manchester, who supports Manchester. A lot of Manchester. Or Arsenal. And Parson, what about those of us who have, who are average? We are like a ruler. We are just straight. There are a lot of men who like ruler. Ruler is a very important tool. Clap for ruler. It is correctly aligned. Bishop Boche says they are straight to the point. Reverend Bell, why have you changed your seat? I've not started though. I'm just laying foundations. The oxen is that person that you have found that you are getting feelings for. Where there is no oxen, there's stable. It's clean. Your house will be clean. But you need the strength. You need a strong ox or the strength of an ox if you want to have productivity, harvest in life. It is good to be alone. I put it this way. It is better to be single too. 
Praise the Lord. Because you see, Joel says that. Is it Joel chapter 3? Let's go to Joel chapter 3. Is it Amos chapter 3 or Joel? Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3. One go. Everybody. Yes, we'll start from verse 1. One go. When I say read, read, though. Some of you never read Bible. This is your first time. So read it well. One go. Spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the entire family I rescued from Egypt. Verse 2. From among all the families on the earth. Have you seen the message he gave to Abraham in Genesis 12? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. I have been intimate with you alone. I have been intimate with you alone. Underline it in the scriptures. If I want to go into this message, I will not finish in from Acts 17, 28. These are all parts of the scriptures. In him we live. This tells you. He said, I rescued you to be intimate with you. So when James tells you the Spirit of God lasts after you, he wants that intercourse with you only. You really are betrothed to him, betrothed to him alone. He wants you. He wants constant. So it's a deep prayer, poor prayer. When he said the fellowship, the koinonia of the Spirit be with you forever. It's not a joke. But we don't have time. That's not our focus here. What we want to dwell on is human relationships. Is that not so? All right. I've been intimate with you alone. Look at it. That is why. Everybody, that is why. Now let's go to verse 3. So you see why God, somebody can fool. God doesn't mind the person, but you. When you try not, then it's like heaven is coming down on you. It's like God is slapping you. It's because you are his wife. When your wife's sister misbehaves, does it care? Do you care? But when your wife misbehaves, does it pain you? Why? It's your wife. He's representing you. He said, that is why I'll punish you. Now, do you get why God punishes? Please, answer me. Do you get why God punishes? Now, you see God's mindset. Why God is strict in discipline? Because your character reflects on him. He needs you to represent him well. You cannot be throwing tantrums around. God does not. That's why the message uh, Reverend Andrew preached some few Sundays ago. It's important. You cannot be disgracing Jesus everywhere. A torture driver crosses you and you are disgracing Jesus by fighting with him. You get me? All right. Let's go. Verse 3. One go. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Number one. Number two. Let's go. Verse four. Verse four. Quick, 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 quick. 
Verse 4. One go. Does a lion ever roar in a thicket? Does a lion roar without first finding a prey? Yeah. In other words, the lion will not get a feeling to roar if he has not located something that is of value. Please pay attention to these words. Let's go. Number five. Uh, number three. Go back to four. Four. One go. Does a young lion growl in its den without first catching its prey? So it roars in the thicket. But in its own space, then it growls when it is holding what it has caught. Pay attention. See the processes. There is an agreement of direction. There is a sighting of a prey for roaring. There is a catching of the prey for growling. Pay attention. Let's go. Verse 5. One go. Does a bird ever get caught in a trap that has no bait? Can you catch a girl without wooing her? In this generation, yes. You can get Pamela without wooing her, especially if she has feeling for you already. It's a woo. Let's go. That's a trap. One go. That's a trap spring shut when there's nothing to catch. Six. When the ram's horn blows a warning, shouldn't the people be alarmed? When what? When the trumpet is sound, sounded, shouldn't people take counsel? That's what he's saying. Let's add the last one then. I'll go because of time. One go. Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has planned it? If I want to go through one by one, I don't have time, but let me put it together for you. There is always a cause and effect. Principles of life demand that you understand the cause of things. He says, if you want a productive life, you need the strength of the ox. If the lion wants to be full, it must catch a prey. Catching a prey comes with growling. There's noise. If you don't agree on the direction, the beauty does not matter. The, the, the square jaw does not matter. The silkiness of the voice, babes, does not matter. The gift on Valentine's Day is useless. If you are headed towards Tema and he's going towards Cape Coast, you can't sit in the same vehicle. It doesn't matter the size and shape of the bottles. 
It doesn't matter the size and shape of the chest and how many packs there are, whether it is 12 or 6. It doesn't matter how much money he has. If the direction of life is not the same, my sister, you are a foolish oxen. What did I say? If the direction is not the same, you are a foolish oxen. If you are not built to work on that field to bring productivity, you have no business being in that house as an oxen. He says, when there is no oxen, no donkey, no cow, the house is clean. If you want a clean life, if you want a peace of mind, if you don't want anybody to trouble you, leave somebody's daughter alone. Leave somebody's son alone. Stop crashing. Keep your feelings to yourself. No, let me say it well. The way Ghanaians say it. Keep your feelings to yourself. You can admire from a distance and say, Father, I bless you for your handiworks. It's beautiful. But leave that girl alone. Because no matter how beautiful the girl is, no matter how beautiful the girl is, there is a lot of foolishness embedded in the package. Abby, you know, when nobody is watching you, don't you fool? Yes. Praise the Lord. No matter how beautiful and nice she is smiling here, get her angry. Let her be upset about something she is not happy about. Then you will see that her emotions have not been trained to, 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 to react well. She will say worse that her teachers didn't teach her. She will say words that her father and mother didn't teach her. She will throw tantrums. You will start seeing the poop coming out. Where there is no oxen, there is no poo poo. You will not need to clean poo poo. But the day you decide that you want that guy with the bands, get ready to clean poo poo. If you want the politician, then get ready to clean poo-poo. If you want the pastor, then get ready to clean poo-poo. Pastor's poo-poo. Sit down. Without the oxen, there is no poo-poo. If you want the oxen, get ready to smell poo-poo, clean poo-poo. A 
And so the problem is not with the oxen that is pooping. The problem is your reaction to the smell of poopoo. And so what you need to do before you go get your oxen is to train yourself to learn how to react to poopoo. I saw a video on YouTube. I think it's still there. If you are free, you can type in thing. Fathers changing diapers for the first time. When they remove the diaper, they all go like, oh. Because there's things that will meet your nose. You will notice that babies are very sweet creatures. But when they poop, it is toxic. Because the milk... That is how everybody seated here is. Physically, when you visit the washroom and you come out and your friend is entering there immediately after you, do you feel proud? Lebanon, I say Lebanon, Adele, will you feel proud that when you finish now, he says he's going to use the place. You find a way to delay him from entering there. Why? Because even you that the thing came out from, you are shocked. He should tell you that. I know some people are praying for, they don't like hearing some things, but I always say this. Mami Fosua. For the foreigners, for the sake of the foreigners, everybody has a smelly anus. Everyone. You may not like to hear it, but it is that hypocrisy that makes you get broken heart. When you start seeing the smelly character showing up through the person that you have confessed your agape love for. Then all of a sudden, the girl you told that I would die for you, you start setting conditions. Because you cannot tolerate the stench of the character. The stench of the anus. The stench of the poop. The problem is not that he or she has a smelly anus. The problem is that you are too hypocritical to deal with your nose and your reaction with the character of the person you claimed you loved. So I put it to you. You never loved. You had a strong affection for the likabilities of the person you saw. I repeat, 
I put it to you that most of you, you accepted the proposal or you went to propose not because you saw the people and considered. Jesus says something very dangerous in the book of Luke. He said, if any man, Luke 9, 23, if any man wants to come and have a relationship with me, the first thing he must do is to get rid of himself. Deny yourself. Get rid of your own. Oh, me, I can't stand people. Me, I can't stand uh, people who are like that. Me, I can't stand. Me, I can't stand. If you can't stand, sleep. Me, I don't like ladies who are like that. Me, I don't like emotional people. Me, I don't like petty people. I tell everyone who comes to me for relationship counseling, there is nothing called petty in a relationship. The person says, I don't like this. It is not petty. Treat it petty. It will explode in your face. That doesn't mean that go and make yourself Don't make yourself so delicate that people have to tiptoe around you to please you. You are a demon. I'll come there very soon. I'm still laying my foundations. I'll come there very soon. If people need to tiptoe around you, when, when you are happy, people should be happy. When you are morose, you, you, you want everybody, you are a demon. You are what? Be delivered. So, if you want to see increase, it means that relationships br must bring increase. Relationship must bring what? He said, by the strength of the ox, there is much increase. Relationships is meant to bring increase. It is beneficial. It is important. It has value. So, their favorite scripture of every woman, when they are going to do their wedding, if a man finds a wife... He finds a good thing. The question is, you that you are going to marry, are you a good thing? Do you understand me? You become a good thing when you have lived in him, moved in him, and had your being in him. You become a wife before you are found. Without moving in him, like Peter moved in him. And one day he came to Peter and said, Call Pete, do you love me? Peter said, you know, you, you know, because I have lived in you. I have betrayed you. You have restored you. You know how I am. And you know that even though I betrayed you, I still love you. Because my love is not based on my my weaknesses, which made me betray you. The fears I had that made me run away from you and betray you does not really define my heart. You know. I wish you understood what I just said. Because some of you break up on the most foolish reasons. And I'm coming there very soon. I'm talking to you. I'm going to talk to you about three things. This bloody talk is about dealing with your heart, your conscience, and your motives. I'm talking to you about these three things. Your heart, 
your conscience, and your motives. I'm going to talk to you about dealing with your hard-heartedness. I'm going to talk to you about your conscience. And I'm going to talk to you about your motives. Those are the three things I want to talk to you about. Praise the Lord. Because it is sad that God will pick Kelvin and God will pick, let's say, Tamisha and say, the two of you, be together and produce my purpose after living and moving and having your being in me. Then as they are going, one of them says that, you know what, I've tolerated enough of your poop. When I say poop in this context, I'm talking about character. I'm talking about attitude. I'm talking about the way you speak, the way you react, the way you respond. Praise the Lord. Because Proverbs 31 verse 30 tells us something dangerous. It said, charm is what? You don't want to say it. Say it loud. Charm is what? You've not read it before. Check your scriptures. It's there. Charm is what? So when you spend your time in front of the mirror trying to gain charm, I know you want to be deceptive. When all your time is spent on gaining physical charm and, and, and beauty, I know what you are trying to become an expert in, a deceiver. Hey, you are pretty. You are sexy. You are sazy. What is the definition of the word sexy? Sexually appealing, ready to have sex. Not ready to produce purpose. So you see an African girl doing everything to look like a European. Because to him that is sexy. Many people come to me, slim ones, Abbas, I want to put on weight small so that I'll look beautiful and sexy. Those who, are, who have weight, Abbas, I want to lose weight small so that I'll look beautiful and sexy. What should God do for you again? It just means that you want to be Deceptive. And beauty is what? Be charm is deceptive. Beauty is what? Put the scripture there. The people in Overflow G don't have the scripture, so do it for them well so that they will get the scriptures. They only see the video thing. Beauty is what? Beauty does not last. Uh, the, the King James says, it's vain. It's vain. In, in other words, it is not everlasting. It has no eternal value. So every day, you are pulling your hair, you are spending money that you should save to buy a land and get a legacy to always buy... Someone's amputee. Somebody's pubic hair for your hair extension. 
Because to you, that is what is important. It means that you don't live in him. You don't move in him. You don't have your being, your value. It has not been found in God. You are a liability when you enter a human relationship. Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Do you live in me? Am I the definition of value to you? Peter says, you know. Then he says, based on that, if indeed you do, then let it flow to the flock. This is what Jesus says. Your love for a, a fellow human being can only be solid, can only have a foundation if you have God, love for God. Most ladies who say they want a God-fearing man, this is what they are trying to get, but they themselves don't understand it. They themselves are not God-fearing. They themselves are demon-fearing. They themselves are money-fearing. Because when you say you want a God-fearing man, you are saying that you want a, a man that when God says, go and empty your account and go and put it on the altar, he will say yes, sir, without consulting you and you will have no problem with it. How many of you here still want a God-fearing man? <laughs> Lift up your hands! The money you have said together that you are going to buy a Mercedes. He called back one day and said, I heard of the Lord. Our only begotten is for sacrifice. Wow. But you said you want a man who fears God like Abraham. You never thought about it. Why? Because you yourself, because you have not lived in God, moved in him and had your being in him, you don't know the nuances of this God. You don't know his demands. You don't know that if you have truly lived in him, then you are a sacrifice on his altar on a daily basis. You yourself, you are sacrificed. So, if you are sacrificed, what? Your money? Your car? Your house? You yourself, you are a living sacrifice. What else can he take from you? If you have that in mind and you say, I want a God-fearing man, then you have become a good thing. And that guy will obtain favor from God because when God gives him an instruction, you will not be a stumbling block. You will not tell me, tell me, how did he speak? Let's go and seek confirmation from the Holy Spirit if you say Jesus is speaking to you. Are you learning something? Are the leeches falling down? Are we here? Charm is deceptive. And so he says, live in him. Let your beauty come from him. Let your value as a man, as a woman, not come from the validation that another human being is giving you. Oh, you are beautiful. Hey, I am pa. Hey. That is what gives you value. Oh, comfort. 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 Oh,
That is why for most of you ladies, when you see that your breast is no longer pointing east or west, and it starts pointing south, it becomes 6 o'clock, the clock, the clock turns 6. You are looking for enhancers to the point that you go and buy things to, and or needles to, I hear they are pumping tomato puree, and things to enhance the shape. Tell your neighbor, are you a fool? Why? Because you want to attract a man. You want that when a man sees you, you have feeling for you. I told you that feeling will not last. No feelings last. Relationship built on feelings ends in disaster. Relationship built on physical attractions will break up. Because people's preferences change. And number two, if it is big bottles that attracted him to you, okay, there are people with bigger bottles. When you are walking with and you see somebody whose bottles is more shapely than yours, his attention will leave you. Haven't, when you bought your phone, didn't you like your phone? You thought it was the best until the latest version came. Then what happened to your heart? Some of you were holding iPhone, what, is it 12 or 11? And then 13 came. The one you were holding, there is no problem with it. It can still make a call. It can still make a test, send a text message. It can still take videos and pictures. It can do everything. You damned it. And took money. That could be sacrificed on an altar for your destiny. And you want to buy iPhone 13. And you are holding your destiny in your pocket. You see how you dropped that previous phone? That is how anybody that gets attracted to you based on your physical features, features and statistics drops you when they find better features and statistics. It is a human nature. Tell your neighbor, remove that leech that says relationship is based on physical looks. I said that I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking to, I'm not talking to worldly people. Do you understand me? I'm not talking to people who don't live in the kingdom. Are you here? I'm talking to people who have accepted the principles of the kingdom, who have accepted Christ, the lost house of the kingdom. People who have allowed worldly principles to define them. I am saying not so. Not so. 
in him we live. So if I live in him, his principles define the principles I live by. In him I move. So if he shows me the direction, I take a step. If he says, this place you don't go, I don't move there. Are we getting it? If he says, yes, I notice, I recognize that you like this person, but he is not the one, she is not the one. You drop it. Because in him we move. If you move outside him, you're on your own. And I'll come back to that statement. The fact that I said in him we move and so you must, doesn't mean that it is every day you will necessarily hear a voice or have a dream. No. I told you the, the, an example. The church I used to attend. I was listening to the radio. After secondary school, I had gone to many churches and I was looking for a church to attend. And I was listening to the radio. And I heard a lady come and preach. And after the preaching, I was preaching. And those times, she was a student with Reverend Steve Wengam. Okay, they were both the heads of the UCF, University of Ghana Christian Fellowship. They were president and vice. And they come on Radio Universe to preach. So I was listening. And this lady will finish preaching and was giving a lot of word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. I said, wow. I like this woman. Prophecy. And people were calling accurate revelations. I said, wow. And you can see there is, there is no trickery. So when she finished, she said, oh, by the way, we have a church service at Riga Cinema Hall. Everybody is invited. Come. It's called Powerhouse Foundation Ministries. It's different from the Powerhouse ministries you know so that Sunday I went because I was looking for a church when I entered the Osiriga cinema hall I peeped there were two people sitting there praying a man and a woman then the lady said hi hello are you looking for somebody I said I thought there was a church service going on here called powerhouse he said yes you are the church come Uh, I'm coming. No, 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 don't go. Come, come, come. We are started. Powerhouse. Yes, powerhouse. Radio Universe, they announced their session. Yes, this is the one. I'm coming. No, don't go. Come. Church. Yes, church. Come and sit down. Okay, I went to sit down. We were praying. We were speaking in tongues. Me too. I put my hand speaking. What kind of fever church is this? We are speaking in tongues. We are speaking in tongues. Then I felt when I used to have this ear problem big time. Every day my ear was hurting me. Sometimes pus would be coming out. There would be, it was painful from my childhood. All of a sudden, I heard, it's like wind entered here and came out of here. I heard poof, poof. And all of a sudden, my ear hearing became clear. Then the lady said, mention my full name. I said, yes, that's my name. 
He said, the Holy Spirit just told me that he has healed your ear. You have an ear. I said, yes. I felt it. Puff, puff. Then, we're praying, we're praying. Then she mentioned my name again and told me where I live at airport residential area and things that God wants to do with me and told me that he sees I'm a prayer leader somewhere. This, 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 plenty of things. I finish, I say, this is my church. <laughs> After three years, some things were happening. I wasn't happy about it, so I told myself, Father, this is the last Sunday I'll come to church here. I'm done. I won't come to church here again. Because of some relationship issues that was going on, me, I didn't want, so I just said, I was praying my prayer. God said, you are not going anywhere. I said, Father, I went there. <laughs> on my own. And I stayed there. I've stayed there three years. It's enough. I want to go. In fact, the church I really wanted to attend was Mana Mission. Dr. Setablos Church. That man is a man of the spirit. He's a Holy Ghost man. He does crusades. He got me born again in Jolu Presby. And I wanted to be in his church. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in that place too. God says, you are not going. You are staying here. I said, Father, I went there. He said, I sent you there to learn. I said, Father, you didn't speak to me. You didn't show me vision. I got up one day after hearing the message and I went there myself. You didn't prompt. I didn't feel anything in my heart. I didn't hear your voice. I didn't see any dream. I went there. I didn't even pray about it. I didn't do what? He said, I sent you. He said, Father, this things you have been doing, I don't like it though. He said, it's the same way I sent you to St. John's Grammar School. I said, Father, Eja Paul sent me to St. John's Grammar School. <laughs> Sir Willie is here. Sir Willie will explain how it happened. He said, We bypassed the school. Achimota Secondary School. He said, no, Achimota Baakono. How many Achimota Secondary School do we have? When we went there, we saw plenty of ladies in blue. <laughs> I didn't know that school existed. I'd never heard about it before. God said, I sent you to St. John's so that you would discover yourself in me. I said, I remember we fought against it. I didn't hear your voice. I didn't see dreams. I didn't see anything. He said, I sent you there. That is why I discovered my calling. That is why I discovered my calling. So, I'm saying this. It's not every time. When we say in him we live and move. And I say that, and so whatever you do must be. It's not every time you will necessarily hear. Most of the questions you ask. Apostle, how will I know? When Eve came, God didn't speak. Adam was asleep when God did the operation. When he woke up, God just came to present the woman. God didn't say, this is your wife. The Bible, did you read it? That God just brought the woman. God didn't say anything. When Adam knew it, saw her, she knew. She did what? 
let me say it this way. There are many times the, the, the writers of the scriptures who say, and we know that all things work together. Do you not know that your body is a temple? Do you not know that we will judge angels? For we know. What, is they talk, what are they talking about? When you read scripture, you often read, I'm still wasting time. I don't like this. When we read scripture, most of you read English. When the scripture says you know, he's talking about different kinds of knowledge. Okay, the Greek language differentiates them. There's ginosko, that is uh, what? There's gnosis, that is scientific knowledge. Okay, there is epignosis, that is a research kind of knowledge. It's an awareness that you are, a knowledge you have gained based on practical experience. It's, it's like complete. But there's also prognosis. Foreknowledge. There are different kinds of it. Do you understand me? When the Bible, the writers say, for we know, or he tells you, do you not know? Do you not know? He's telling you that there are some information that is given. He expects you to know. Not necessarily by human interaction, but by divine experience. That is supposed to be part of the foundational knowledge you should know. That we live in God, as a child of God. Jesus said, believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. When you see me, you have seen the Father. In the same way, Karen, if I see you, I must see Christ. You don't get it. Paul enters a place, I think Acts is it 9 or 19, and he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you believed, he went into a place. He saw believers there. After observing them, he noticed that their life it was a bit different from his. They loved God. After observing them, he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Because it's not possible to have the Holy Spirit and live a certain way or have a certain mindset. The Holy Spirit comes to make, he is a seal of your salvation. He is a guarantor, the guarantee that you are truly born again. Prophecy and all those things, they are gifts of the Holy Spirit. But character in Christ is a fruit of his manifest. The fact that he is living in you. It is not your fruit. It is his fruit, his manifestation. I challenge theologians who say that, have you received the Holy Ghost with the, with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Evidence of reception of the Holy Spirit is the bearing of the fruit of the Spirit. Because it's by the fruit that a tree is known. Not by the gift. If I give you my phone, I've given you a gift. It doesn't mean that you know me. When you give a beggar on the road, five CD, doesn't mean the beggar knows you or has become your friend. No. Do you get a difference? Do you get a difference? And so he says, in him we live. I want you to understand that if you say you are a child of God and you are looking for a very beautiful relationship in the future, start now by living in Christ. 
moving in Christ. Have your mindset premised on the word of God. Do what? Become a wife in him. It's not the ring that a certain man will put on your finger on the day you waste so much money on a certain wedding gown that will make you a wife. You become a wife before you are found. You become a husband before you marry. In Christ. It's an identity. It's not an, a, 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 a title that is confirmed on you by the ring you are wearing. Certain cultures don't wear rings. And most of you ladies, if you see uh, your husband not wearing the wedding band, you, you go crazy right now. And you want to change on me? Yeah, I said me, you're not faithful. It's not. He can remove the ring and cheat and put it back on. You won't see. It's not the ring that builds marriage. It is the heart. Now I think I should move on. We're wasting too much time. Marriage is like, give me a bottle of water. Marriage is like this, this bottle of water. Have you seen how clean it is? Who has drank water this morning? Very essential, right? Tasteless. Takes the form of the shape of the, of the container. It is poured inside. All right? That is how marriage is. Very essential. You cannot do without it. Tasteless. If you want some nice, sweet taste, lemonade taste, what do you add to it? Right? Who put the lemon? That, did the water come with the lemon taste itself? Who put it inside? If you want it to taste spicy, like soup, what do you do? The taste of the relationship. There are people outside. They didn't come early. Oh, then open the doors for them to hear me. There's a speaker. And you didn't come early. When I started, the whole place was empty. Well, I thought I was going to waste time, man. I'm racing. I want to close. I'm not closing at 6 oh. No. No. No, 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 no. No. I want to rest. Tomorrow I have to go to Brekusu. No, I'm not staying with Zion in Pateguino. Karen, why are you shocked? How many Zion Impact members do you see here? Every time I am doing these programs, Zion Impact members don't come. I see that. I only see the students. So my heart is gravitating towards the students now. Sons don't need prophecies. But no, but tomorrow when I go there, I'm not going to prophesy. I'm just going to preach and go. Praise the Lord. Esther. 
Why are you bleeding? I've not started the. I've not brought the knife. Oh. I'm now about to start the main message. I just concluded my introduction. In God you live. Your relationship must be premised in him. Your value is found in him. If you are going to move in him and have your total being in him, it means that your marriage, every other relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relation that leads to marriage, your relationship with your boss, your relationship with your subordinates, your relationship with your pastors, your fellow Christians, must all be subsumed in the fact that you live in God, you move in him, and you have your being in him by Christ Jesus. In other words, nothing outside his will Okay, it's permitted in the kind of relationship you have with somebody. So, if it is God, God you, and you have a friend, you will not gossip about the person. Do you understand me? You will not be insulting your boss with your colleagues in his absence. No matter his weaknesses and mistakes. If you notice that you pray for him, you don't insult your lecture or your TA behind his back. All those things are not permitted in Christ. Do you understand me? There is a scripture I used to use to counsel many people, especially when we were in Omega. Also, I was speaking, it just came to mind. Psalm 19. Psalm 19. I think from verse 12. It just came, it just dropped right now. Quickly. Let me rush away. Verse 12. Psalm 19, verse 12. Is it verse 12? Yes, verse 12. Everybody read for me. Keep back your... Oh, when I say read, I mean read, like read and hold it. One, go, 12. Pause there. This scripture reveals so much. The Bible says, as a human being, you do not have what it takes to understand your mistakes, your error. When you are doing something wrong, it must be pointed out to you. Because you can't understand the enormity of the error. Paul Washer said something. He said, when you recognize that sin is not just a transgression of a law, but it is you grieving a person who so loves you, you will have a better mindset to deal with the sin. He said, we, we just define sin as what? Transgression of the law. That is what. That is why for you, you are just dealing with religious matter. But sin goes beyond just transgression. Sin is you making the heart of somebody who loves you with his whole being so sad by doing what he says don't do. Do you want to keep on grieving that person that loves you more than anybody in the world? If you have that understanding, you be careful. Adia me beye. Adia me the one who loves me is being hurt by it. The problem is that we think because we don't see him, it is okay. But he grieves. And the scripture says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Have you noticed? So, he says what? Who can understand? You don't understand that the way you are treating that boy that you claim you love Okay, it's a serious error. 
But I'll come there right now. I've not started. I'll come to this scripture as well. Because some of you are satanic and manipulative. Some of you are what? You just want your personal gratifications. As long as you want an iPhone, you will do, you will tell every lie to get that money from the guy to buy the iPhone for you. Meanwhile, maybe that is his school fees. You don't care about his education and his well-being. As long as you want fried rice. As long as you want to have sis, sis, sis with her. You don't care what manipulative means you will use. I know a friend. She got raped three times by very deceptive means. The first one, a guy pretended as if he was not well. He was sick. So, I'm dying. Can you come and help me? The girl went there. When she was going, the Holy Spirit said, don't go. Oh, he's my friend. He's my friend. Let me go and help him. Went. The guy was shivering in the, in the, under the duvet, shaking like a pregnant fish. Oh, he just came here. Hold on. There's some soft drinks in the fridge. You can drink some. Do relax. Afterwards, they can do a, a soup for me. There is ingredients in the kitchen. Not knowing she had laced the drink with chloroform and sealed it. So you open it, fresh. it's like fresh. You see, when he, she opened her eyes, she had been messed up. She was naked. Her dress was somewhere. So she took the Fanta bottle and hit the guy's head. Cry, baby. <laughs> if you hit him or you don't hit him, he has done what he wants to do. Telesta. Praise the Lord. Some of you are manip- you are devilish. You are expecting manipulating. Ask your neighbor, are you like that? You started when you were a baby. You started when you were a baby. When your mother wants to put you down small to her, you've grown with it. May every manipulative identity in you be removed. It is not so in Christ. You have not so learned Christ. Praise the Lord. Let's go into the main main, um, subject for today. Praise the Lord. So I've spoken to you about the, the need to live and move in Christ because he's a fair source of your relationship in life. There's relationship with friends, okay? You can, you can read scriptures like Proverbs 18, 24. Say, he who has a friend must show himself friendly there. There are different levels of relationship, okay? Your relationship with your friends. Proverbs 22, verse 24 to 25 also will help you to build the right relationship with your friends. I'm saying this because most of you have put in your... When we talk about relationships, I mean, most people think about their boy-girl relationship only. But it goes beyond that. 
everyone around you even has an effect on that boy-girl relationship you are trying to build. Do you understand me? So it is imperative how you choose your friends. He said, I read somewhere, he said what? If you are choosing a life partner, all right, also pray about the stakeholders, your friends. Because there are some of you, you are heavily influenced by what your friend says. There are certain, some of you ladies here, in your future marriage, it is what your friend says that will influence how you relate to your husband. May God slap you right now and remove that foolishness from your heart. Hey, my husband has bought me a new car. Hey, really? Echo, you say you are a man. We've been married for how many years? Even bicycle cry, you've not bought some for me. Go and see your man's husband. A real man. You call yourself a man. May God slap you. You don't live your life by comparing yours with your friend. Always seek to be better than the person you were yesterday. That is the only thing you are permitted to do. Do you understand me? And then the only thing you can do is in Hebrews, I think chapter 10, is it 24 or something? Provoke each other. Let us provoke. What verse is that? Hebrews 10. The whole number we saw. Where is that? 24, okay. Read it, everybody. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That's all. That is the number one thing. So you wake up. You, you do something in love according to how God defines love for her without expecting anything back. Then God shall say, wow, I have to overcome this one. Then you also do it then he said, wow, me too. So you are provoking each other. You are stirring up the nature of love. That is all. Some of you, when the first person, the first person tries it, the next time you'll be expecting it. You'll be expecting it. You never let... Opinion Kujur says that there are some of you, he speaks she when he speaks, so let me say it in she, I'll bring it to English. He said, maybe wa have then he will say, Say amen. So there are some ladies, okay? The only thing they, they've opened their mouth for it, always receiving, they never know how to give back. They will never initiate anything. All they want is my birthday. What will you get for me? It's Valentine. What will you buy for me? It's my, it is my mother's cousin's birthday. What will you get for me? I go born again a year by this time. What will you get for me? Tell your neighbor, Jai Jimmy, you know. Praise the Lord. Okay. There's relationship with family. Families impact a lot on your love relationship. And you need to learn 
personal character, how to deal with your family members. Well, Proverbs 18, 20, um, sorry, Pro, uh, Genesis 4, verse 9, 1 Timothy 5, 8. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's relationship with the world. Relationship with the world. As a child of God, living and moving in Christ, there is a way God wants you to relate with the world. He tells you that, he said, one of the scriptures, he says what? And, and, and walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. And one day I was preaching and I quoted the scripture and I said that those who are outside, he has told us in Revelations chapter 22. He said, for those who are outside are dogs. They are dogs. The scriptures refers to people who are not in the kingdom as dogs. And Jesus has told you how to relate with dogs. Do not cast your precious pearls to dogs and swine. They will take it, trample upon it, and turn back and hurt you. So when dogs are hurting you, it is because you, you open the door. The people who break your heart betray you. They were dogs. You decided not to look at them. And you gave them your precious. And when, when God shows you mercy and tells you this person is a dog, and God takes the person away from you, Pastor, I promise you. If you don't stop that foolishness, eh? R O O T I. I said it too fast. R O O T I. Everybody. Oh, don't worry. Obaya's own is coming very soon. You are begging me. Once you are seated in him, moving in him, you will have your being in him. Praise the Lord. Okay. Relationship with family is very, very key. Colossians 3, 2. Romans 12, 1 to 2. James 4, verse 4. 1 John 2, 15. Relationship with family, with the world. Relationship with fellow citizens. I'm intentionally not going to it because it's not part of today's. I want to go into today's uh, conscience, heart, and motives. Relationship with fellow citizens of the kingdom. Everybody says, hmm, I don't want friends in the church. The church people are full of hypo, uh, hypocritical. If you don't know how to relate with people in the kingdom, you, are, you have a problem. Is it first John? First John, let me look for it. Let me look for it. Let me look for it. Okay. First John, let's do first John one six or first John two. Nine, one of them. First John one six. Did you go there? Okay, let's go to the two nine. Let me see. Good. Everybody read. He who says he is in the light 
and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Have you noticed? The same first John, I've forgotten the exact chapter, but he says that when we walk in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Christ washes us from our sins. What he is saying is this. As a kingdom citizen who is living and working in Christ, it is imperative that you have good relationship with your fellow Christian. You don't form sects and say that, I like this one, I don't like this one. He said you are a hypocrite. The blood of Jesus will not wash you. I repeat, if you are here, you attend a church, you have those you like and those you don't like. The Bible says the blood of Jesus will not wash you. Hey, Apostle, what if the person is a hypocrite? You are also a hippopotamus. As long as you have in you a reason why you cannot relate with somebody who has also come to the hospital seeking the same health as you are, then you are not worthy. He said you are walking in darkness. You don't understand. You, you, you don't understand that error that you are the weakest link and you become the reason why Satan can attack the church. So it is imperative that we have good relationships with fellow Christians. Do you understand? You cannot be in the choir and you are not talking. You cannot be in the prayer team. You come and do ho oh, ha ho oh, ha ho oh, ha and, and, and there is no love. You are a hypocrite. Your, that, that relationship will lead you to hell. Build good relationships with your fellow Christian. Because whether you like it or not, that faulty relationship will become a foundation for the love relationship you want to build with that girl or that boy. Every time you look at another human being and you say, this person I don't like, you have allowed a seed of bitterness, hatred to enter your heart. That same heart, you want to, give, you want to, be, it be, to be pure to love somebody. No, you have introduced a device of Satan into the heart. One day, it will grow. That girl, that boy will do something. That bitterness will be extended to her. This is how the other girl did in church the last time and I embraced her. You think you are doing the same thing. Are you here? Why are you becoming quiet? You can be in the choir. This girl, when she is singing, her voice is too loud. Me, I don't like her. She should come and stand here. Praise the Lord. One Samuel eighteen verse one to three, for kingdom relationships. One Samuel eighteen one to three. Psalm one one nine verse sixty three. One John one verse seven. Did I quote it? One John one verse seven. Go there. Let me see. 
But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Uh-huh. This is the scripture I was reading for. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sins. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 27, verse 5 to 6, and then verse 17. Praise the Lord. Now, let's come back to today's agenda. <laughs> As somebody that lives in God, you have accepted Christ. God expects that this is your mindset. This is your mindset. Please pay attention to me. This is your mindset. Okay? It's fully colonized by his word, his nature, and how he intends for things to be done. Praise the Lord. God wants you to understand why he created a relationship. His intentions, his purposes. He wants your mind to function according to those dictates. Praise the Lord. There are many books that have been written about relationships. And most of those books are biased along cultural lines. Not necessarily God's counsel. If you go to India, I hear in a certain sect, it is the ladies that wed the guy. So, if a preacher who does not understand kingdom principles is preaching from that culture, you'll be telling the ladies, you need to do wedding for your guy such a way that he will love you. But that does not define love. So, it is a cultural thing. There are many things that are said okay, to both genders. That is born out of cultural impositions. Not necessarily out of, for instance, if you say, you don't know how to cook, so I can't love you and marry you. Marriage has nothing to do with cooking. Praise the Lord. Why are you looking at me like that? Hey, apostle, you are telling the ladies that they shouldn't cook for us. Yes, I'm telling them. It is not cooking. Abraham is sitting down in the heat of the day, sees three men passing by. Guys, come into my house. Sit down. Let me prepare food for you. Sarah didn't cook. <laughs> Let this happen in an African home. You are sitting down for me to cook. This is a cultural thing. They don't define kingdom principles. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. I know Ghanaian men who will never 
do anything in the kitchen. But when they travel to the U.S., where they find out that that, that place, the cultural setting is said that men cook. Men go to the kitchen because a woman can be doing three or four jobs. You two can be doing three. So who comes home, can, you see that they will learn all the cuisines. And then you go to a place like Singapore that every Singaporean, male or female, does not know how to cook. Because there is food everywhere on the street. You go, you stand there, I want this, this, they'll prepare for you. Fast food, Singapore. The typical person, cooking is not part of their agenda. A typical lady does not know how, a typical guy does not know how to cook. Because there's food everywhere on their streets. You should check it out. Singapore. So, you don't marry based on the cooking expertise of a lady. I want to uproot certain foolish mindsets that we use to judge each other. And, and people even break up on that. And, and God will be looking at you and say, really? And you say you live in me? I want to say some things. I wish there are no children here. How can a lady go into marriage and he's, there are children there. Oh. How can a lady go into marriage and his mind of going to marriage is the size of the penis? Are you a fool? So when the guy is watching, you're always watching his flap. Whether it is protruded or not. You are a demon. You are a twerp. The size of his manhood. That is all you are thinking about. And there are church girls whose mind is like that. No, this one is beyond mercy. Say atonement. <laughs> I am telling you. Do you think like that too? Heroin. See how Miriam is looking at me. Hmm, Miss Haliga. You are looking at me too, too. The things I want to say, there are children here. See, recently that I, I, I signed on to TikTok, eh? That is where I noticed the psyche of most African women. Every video, next video, there are three things I discovered on TikTok. There are people who are talking about business, how to make money, on, and, and there are people who are talking about like self-help, so like what you can get from Google. And uh, The rest are 90% of African women talk about sex on TikTok. That is all they think about. 
That is all they come on TikTok to talk about. Either they are shaking their foolish buttocks or they are talking about the size of a man's manhood. I, I, I was shocked and it is everywhere. How, what's your name? Abena, have you, are you the one who broke the guys? The one who was somersaulting on the... You are not the one. You are very sure. You are very, very sure. You are very, very sure. You don't know him. You have never seen him before. Are you very sure? You see how quiet he is looking. If you open the door of the mind, should we open the door of your mind? I say, no. See, because it would be dangerous. Typically, people who are quiet, if you know what is passing through these two ears, I like where I'm standing and what I'm talking about. Some people say they want it hot and quick. So when you come to our radio stations, 20, whilst most medical laboratories are thinking about, uh, uh, what do you call it, antiviruses, antivenoms, how to produce medications that will enhance the well-being, the immune system, Ghanaian herbalists. One day I was at circle. This guy was holding a oh person you know two hours and we drew my mouth. Every advert that comes when they are reading the news is about aphrodisiac. Obama went to me from pa. Have you seen a man who cannot climb a bed before? Obama went to me quite so. Like it tells you where the mindset is and the things that form the premise. Of relationships. Our relationships are sensual, does not have the meaning and the purpose of God. It's all about sexual pleasures. And that is how come most of you are seated here. When you come and tell me that a person, I've seen somebody I like, I want to start dating, find out from God. Now I don't pray those prayers. I'm telling you, if you come and ask me, I won't pray. Because I know what is driving you. It's not God's purpose, but a sexual desire. There is an, an itch in between your thigh that you are looking for somebody to scratch for you. I rebuke you. I say what? I'm not saying sexual desire is a sin. God put 
desire for food, desire for liquid, okay, fluid, and desire for sex in you. If there was no sexual desire in any of you, you will never want to be with the opposite person. Why should I go and buy oxen if I don't know what benefit I'm going to get from the, from the oxen? Do you understand me? It is because of the increase the oxen will bring. That's why I want to tolerate the poo. Is that not so? So if there is no desire okay, in a man for a woman, we will never live together. See what people do to each other after fulfilling sexual desire. <laughs> you see the foolish things that people say to each other. The person who stood in front of the crowd and said, eh, from Bethlehem, from whence? That thing, what part of the scriptures is it in? Okay, we'll come there later in life. Do you understand me? So God put it there. Your hunger for food is not a sin. But when you get hungry for food and you go and steal somebody's food and you eat, it is what? When you notice that you are hungry, but you cannot control your hunger for the lecture to be over, for, for, it means that something else is in control of that desire. Get rid of that thing. Because God gave, on top of those th three desires, God gave you self-control. Do you understand me? So there is a right way to do everything. There is a right way to express every desire. Are you here with me? So when you notice that your sexual desire, you don't have a leash on it. You cannot control it. It means that a demon called lust has taken over. When we say lust, we are not talking about sexual desire only. We are talking about an insatiable craving for anything to gratify the flesh. That is why there is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They are all different forms of a demon of, of lust. They make you want to crave for some of you. Your lust is for a particular kind of dresses. Some of you are lust is for a particular kind of for money, for hairstyle. Some of you have 20 shoes. When you see a shoe you don't have, you have never seen, you won't go and buy. You know you don't need it. Greed, everything that looks nice, you want it. It's lust. Do you understand me? So in the same way, you see sexual desire, every, everything in skirt and blouse you like. Everything working in trousers you want. You see one guy going, Chale, guy with me, if I get this guy, Chale, he's nice, so he's nice, so even a demon is nice. Once you see that the flap is big, Stop pretending, otherwise I'll mention your names. I will go into the prophetic right now. I know that you girls, girls, the kind of conversations you have, I know. I know. I've seen it some on TikTok. Plenty. So stop pretending that you are holy. Let God deal with it. Because when you get to 40, 45 going, you notice that these are not the essentials of life. These are not the essentials of a relationship. Do you understand me? 
There are better reasons for relationships. And that is why God wants me to deal with your conscience. Let's start with the first scripture. And they gave you the scripture here. So the first thing God wants you to do is to repent. Matthew 4, verse 17. God wants you to repent. Change your mindset. Tell your neighbor, change your mindset. Change your mindset. To repent means change your mindset. Change how you think about these things. Isaiah 1, 18 tells you, come let us reason together. God says, change your mindset and come and let's sit down. Let's reason. Let's, let me teach you how, what, what relationship entails. What you need to do in the time where you are preparing. And I've said this before. Let me say it in passing. When God says you're about to enter marriage relationship, or re, okay, so or get ready for relationship. God is not saying, come and sit in front of me. Who, who, who is a person? No. God is saying that because you don't have tolerance level for poop, learn how to manage poop. What I'm saying is that in the time that you are single, that nobody has come. Use that time to become the right person. And stop asking God a foolish question. Is Father, send me the right person. Become the right person. By building your character. By building your attitude. By building essentials of lives. God said, let me talk to the woman, then I'll come to the man. God looked at Adam after creating him and giving him an assignment to have dominion over the earth. He comes back and says, it is not good for the man to be alone. It means there is something lacking. The man cannot fulfill this assignment without somebody called suitable. So I will make for him a suitable help. If you're a lady here, write down, I am a suitable help. But what makes you suitable? What's the meaning of the word suitable? What? Fitting. Yes? Any more? Ashesi students, give me words. Required? Mm. Appropriate? Yes, more. So, I'm good. He said, it is not good that this work I want you to do, it is not good for you to be alone. I need, I will make for you the appropriate help, the suitable, the right kind of assistance, so that with that person, you can achieve the goal I have set. And so God creates a species called womb man, the man with the womb, and says, together, you have been empowered to achieve my purpose. What this means is that without the appropriate, the suitable help, the woman, no man can accomplish what heaven has ordained the person to accomplish. This is where the value of a woman comes from. Your value as a woman comes from the purpose for which you were created. So, without us going to the scriptures too much, Paul says, for the man was not created for the woman, but the woman was created for the man. Again, the reason why you exist as a womb man, as a female, is because God saw a need in the life of a male that he created and said, I need you as the appropriate. He didn't send an angel. There were a lot of angels. He could have sent one angel, okay, to come and help man to accomplish that purpose. But he says, no, I need a suitable of the same kind. Jesus said, it is imperative that I go away. 
So that when I go, the paracletos, the one called alongside to help, the suitable help, Holy Spirit, will come. What Jesus and God said are the same. God says the Holy Spirit is helper, the suitable, the right kind of help. God says the woman is like the Holy Spirit. So the value, if you don't know that you, your value is in what you were created for. And then in your single state, okay, seek that value, enhance it, and deploy it. You are a foolish girl. Your value is not in the size of your breast. Your value is not in the shape of your buttocks. Your value is not in how big or small your stomach looks like. Your value is not in the complexion of your skin. Your value is not in whether you are good on bed or good in the chair. The people inside are pretending they are okay. So let me come here. Stop exposing your body to foolish boys who have not even discovered the purpose for which they were created. Stop having indiscriminate sex. You are killing your destiny. You are devaluing the reason you were created for. You are messing up the divine graces God put on you. Do you hear me? From today, if, if any man has seen your nakedness before, that was the last time. Lift up your right hand, all the ladies. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I promise on my honor and I promise on the salvation given to me by Christ Jesus that from today no man will see my nakedness until I get married. If any man sees my nakedness let Archangel Gabriel and Archangel Michael slap me and turn my jaw upside down in Jesus name. Amen. Say Amen. The guys, lift up your hand. Guys, lift up your hand. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I promise on my honor and your own honor, I will stop worrying the girls. I will not, tell, I will not seduce any girl and tell her that if you love me, let me see you naked. I will stop harassing them for their nude pictures. Because in you I live. In you I move. In you I have my being. And my purpose will not be destroyed by naked women. In Jesus' name. So help me God. If I force any girl, let Angel Michael 
angel Gabriel and all the warfare angels. Say it! And warfare angels resist my progress in life. Say it! In Jesus' name. So help me God. Say amen. The girls clap for the guys. Hey, apostle. What kind of prayer have you made us pray? Father, I cancel the prayer in the name of Jesus. You wonder you do whatever it won't cancel. Who didn't pray the prayer here? Have you closed? Uh, the way you are going out, I thought you don't like the prayers I'm praying. Hallelujah. It is not good. Please pay attention to these principles. Number one, it is not Adam that went to complain to God that I am alone, so I'm, it's not good. Loneliness is not the reason to start a relationship. Relationship has nothing to do with feeling lonely when it is raining in the night. Buy a duvet. Buy a duvet. Enter under the duvet. Put your two hands together. Put it here. And sleep. Hallelujah. Loneliness is a demon. It brings depression. Cast it out. If you enter a relationship because you are lonely, it is like looking for plaster to cover your wound. When the wound heals, you will not need a plaster. You will go through heartbreaks and the lady will, or the gentleman will also go through heartbreaks. A breakup, broken heart, is not the reason why we enter another relationship. It is also a plaster relationship. Plasters are not permanent. As long as the wound is healed, you won't need it again. Then another broken heart process and cycle will start again. Don't enter a relationship because you are rejected. Don't enter a relationship because somebody broke your heart. Don't enter a relationship because you feel lonely. Don't enter a relationship because you feel all your friends are entering one. Definitely don't enter a relationship because your friends are forcing you to enter one. Don't enter a relationship because you are in class together, you do the same assignment, and you help each other, and the more you spend time, you are liking each other. It is not God speaking. It is your feelings. As human beings, anyone... We are preaching. Okay. What's your name? Ajua. Uh, Ajua, we are preaching. Okay. The f- as human beings, the one that you proximity creates a certain kind of chemistry. Have you had a crush before from primary school? 
Where is he? Do you still have the same feeling towards him? No. You've had a different crush when you left primary school. Yes, please. Yes. When you see see the person that you had, me, when I was in primary school, I didn't know what crush was. This generation, you are very dangerous, but it's not part of my preaching today. We go to school, when we go on break, we go and play countess ball or four corners, go and make ourselves dirty, come back home, come and bath, eat our banku and sleep. We didn't know anything about crash. Me, I've missed. Let me tell you, the fact that I didn't go to that foolishness, that's why I, am, I have the qualification to talk to you about the foolish things you did. When, at this age, when you see the boy or the girl that you were crashing in primary school, you will ask yourself, what was wrong with me? That is how feelings are like. When you are hungry, bait looks like food. Do you understand me? When you are hungry, bait looks like food. When you spend time with somebody because the person is helping you do acad- your academics, helping you, teaching you, you will develop a certain liking for the person. That is not the handwriting of love. It is a human liking. It's called philius. L- love that is based on certain physical attributes, certain common like abilities. It is not permanent. If you start a relationship that must lead to marriage based on those feelings, your your heart will be broken. You become a philosopher and you'll be writing on WhatsApp status and Facebook reels. True love does not exist. There is nothing like love. Enter with your head, not with your heart. You become a philosopher. A foolish one at that. Because all the things you are writing, there is no sense inside. Please sit down. Did you get what I said? You can see a girl. She's fair. She smiles. She has dimples. When you see her, then your heart will be meant to pam, 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 pam. Then you'll be thinking how your relationship, especially when she, but you have not seen her angry before. You have not. I'll slap you. You have not seen her misbehave before. You don't know how stubborn she is. Okay? So you see how she looks. And then you start a relationship. The day she stinks you with the foolish talk, with her foolish mind, you turn and say, I regret the day I met you. Then you become a philosopher. You go to Facebook. Fair girls are fools. Men are trash. Fear women. Black girl, black mentality. Christian girls are not romantic. Christian guys are boring. 
Have you seen what Comfort is saying? Christian guys are not good in bed. They are, they are good. They are good in. They are good on the chair. We need me a hurry. All these reasons are not the reasons we enter a relationship. I am saying that God looked at the situation and said, I will provide a suitable help. So his idea for creating a relationship is, number one, accomplishing his purpose. Do you understand? So in Christ, we don't date as trial and error to satisfy fleshly desires. Go and get plenty girls and date them so that you can choose out of it. We don't taste. We hide in Christ and build character. We observe in the relationship with God, relationship, friendship, friendship with um, church members, friendship with bosses, and to learn. Comparing scripture and our lives. Making sure that what is not in the character of Christ is not found in us. One of the things you learn is in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 8. Five principles. Let's look at it. 1 Peter 3 8. Quickly, give me NLT. Finally, only verse 8. Finally, all of you, male, female, before you enter a relationship, learn the art of having one mind, oneness of mind. Because there are some of you, you are called unruly. You like having dissenting views. You like to argue for the sake of it. When the guy says red, you want to say it is blue. You want to, you just like contentions. You are just, yes. You like to just vary. I beg to differ. This same word, when you go to, I think 2 Timothy, I think chapter 3, right? Paul said, in the last days, perilous times shall come, right? Men will be, we'll come to that scripture. Don't go, we'll come to that scripture. So let me just focus here. He said, number one, one first principle, as you are single, before, and if you have entered a relationship, still learn it. This one, you build it in your privacy. Because in Christ, you live and move and have your being. You are uprooting foolish mindset. You want to be the right person before you enter. You are not saying, Father, give me the right person. God will, does not create, God will not create the right person for you. Everybody must become right by building the quality of Christ in them. The first thing he says to do, have one mind. To have one mind is that you tell yourself, I'm about to enter a relationship. The person has a different mindset from me. Okay, I have to learn how to live with dissenting views. I have to, I don't have to say that because he thinks in A and I think in B, we are not compatible. That's not what he's saying. A and B or B and O must come together to, uh, to, be, to form both. You need to learn how to dwell in love even though you don't agree in a particular principle. 
But when you notice that that disagreement is in principle, the way you do things, it means you are not going in the same direction. Leave the relationship without insulting the person. Christian boys, you go and see somebody's daughter whose father has paid school fees for her to get a paper that says that she's a... And then you went to worry her. She has accepted. Every day you wanted to come and wash for you, cook for you. Start this time, she should spend time with you. Are you her father? When she's disagreeing with you, and you notice that that is not what you wanted, leave her alone. And stop insulting Christian ladies. You are the bigger fool. She is not here to waste her time serving you at this moment. If you are wise, you will allow her to study and become that and enhance that divine gift and grace that makes her suitable help for you because you will need that wisdom in the future. There are some of you guys here, you think all a lady is good for is sex. You don't take counsel from your ladies. It's an African culture mentality. Get rid of that leech before it destroys you. And if you're a lady here, you think that a rich man should come and marry you. So in your mind, you are plotting your wedding, 50,000, 100,000, and all the costs, you are imagining how the guy will pay for. You want to enter a relationship with your 10 fingers. That is how come when the guy gets fed up at, on, of you and he doesn't see the value, the suitability that you brought into the marriage, he says, go. And when you are going, you just leave. Who knows Kwade? Kwade. Who has heard about or comfort Kwade? He sang a song. He said, Draw Samato Amonina Meji. Panta Mato Amonina Meji. There are men who do that to women. Because you came with your ten fingers and your foolish mindset. When he sees no value in you, he takes his wake from you. And you see that. Meanwhile, you were created in the mind of God, the mind of the creator. You are not a useless person. You are the reason why a man becomes something. Without a woman, the man cannot go anywhere. He said, it is not good. And so, God put himself in the woman and tells the man, come here. Pay attention. I don't have time. I don't have time. Now, I'm rushing. I'm rushing. I don't have time. Okay. And tells the woman. And tells the man, I put divine graces in her, but she's a rough diamond. She's diamond in the rough. She's gold in the rough. Cultivate her. Every man is a cultivator. Every woman is a reproducer and a multiplier. So, 
A man carries seed. A woman carries failed multiplication factor. You give her one CD, the next time you come, you have plenty food or plenty money. It is a grace that God gave to. The woman, the man was given the vision, seed, the counsel. So if you're a woman and you enter a relationship, you don't want to hear counsel. You don't want to hear the vision. How do you run? So, foolish girls are girls who don't want to listen to counsel. When they make a mistake and they are being told, stop behaving this way. And you turn your hand like this, and then you are a fool. Tell your neighbor, stop the foolishness. I hope you are paying attention and not just clapping and laughing. I'm not interested in your clap. I'm interested in you imbibing this knowledge. And building upon it. Because if you come to me in my office and I see that the, what you are telling me are things I've dealt with, I will insult you. <laughs> are you here with me? God created the woman and gave you value Himself. Do you understand me? And He wants you to discover it whilst you are single. Don't stop praying, Father, show me the man I will marry. Move to a place where I will show you. So position yourself where you are asking God to build your character. How you react when you are not happy. How you respond. How you are able to manage little. Paul said, I know how to abase. I know how to abound. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You discover that whilst you are alone. And find that bring some rich man to come and marry me. No. God didn't create you. God created you to make a poor man a rich man. God didn't create you that let's go out. Let's go out. Let's go and eat. Let's go and party. You are a fool. Most of you like Proverbs 31, but most of you don't pray with it. Look at that woman in Proverbs 31. It says she considers a field. She has foresight. My family will need a field. She says she wakes up at dawn. And she provides food and remnant for her family. That is the quality of a woman who has, who has imbibed the divine identity. I said what? I said you shouldn't cook. That is not what I said. <laughs> Don't twist my language. I said that the cooking abilities of a woman is not what defines her value. I didn't say don't cook. If you like, don't cook. My da- Listen to me. My, my, my brother is here. My Daviesi, okay, is there a baby around? Sometimes when she's cooking, I tell her, do it this way, this way, this that way. When I was nine, that's when my mom taught me how to cook. She herself, she was a cook cooking for the Italian chancellor. So she's not at home. She taught me how to cook. Age nine. 
by 8, 10, 11, I used to go to Malamata Market to go and shop for the family. My mom didn't treat us as males do this, females do this. No. When she finished cooking, before you eat your food, the dishes she worked in, you have washed it all. I never saw in my mother's house dishes left in the sink overnight in front of the VAC. In front of the VAC. Like, you won't exist anymore. When she is pounding for food, you don't come and help her pound. She will. Your own. It won't be. She will just hit it small, small and put it together. You are. You can't. Everybody had their cup, spoons, everything. So you eat inside, you wash, you put it down. Men do in my 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 mother's house. Nobody eats and sit there and expect somebody to come and pick up and wash after you. How dare you? So everybody has that sense of responsibility. That is how society is supposed to be. I didn't say Sarah never cooked, but I'm saying that Abraham was not dependent on that one. He could cook himself. Sarah could cook. Do you understand me? But you see, when you have a mindset that says, if you don't do it, me to undo it, you're a fool. If he doesn't love me, I won't submit to him. You're a fool. He didn't say, husbands, love your wife as long as she submits. There is no condition. He didn't say, wives, love your own husbands as long as he loves. There is no condition. Stop that demonic mindset. Eh, he doesn't buy me things. He doesn't care for me. So me, I won't submit. You are. You will go to hell. I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. There are many people who are already there. May God open your eyes to see hell and see. Because these things that are said in the New Testament, they are the commandment of the New Testament. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. It's a commandment. And any faulting of a commandment, there is punishment. You think the New Testament doesn't have commandment? It has plenty. Blessed are the pure in heart. It's a commandment. Blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain. So you make yourself unmerciful. Forget about the mercies of God. It is the commandment of the kingdom. Do you understand me? So he tells you who a woman is in Christ. When he tells there is neither male nor female, okay, I, I've been saying something. In the true sense of the word, when you step out of the skin and she steps out, you won't see male, you won't see female. You will see an image that looks like Christ. Do you understand me? Gender is only skin deep. That is why Jesus said in the resurrection, they are there like the angels. The angels are genderless. That is the image of God. God is genderless. 
So when God, the Bible says God created you in his image and likeness, he's not talking about female or male. It is your spirit that looks like God, not your body. Your body looks like your father. So the value, in discovering the value, you need to sit down and, and work it out. Work it out in the nature of Christ, by the word of God, by your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He will approve certain mindset from you. Certain foolishness from you. In the man, the same thing. It's not you are sitting now, okay, she has good shape, but she doesn't know how to cook. No. A man cultivates. A woman multiplies. The question is, instead of concluding that you are not compatible, ask yourself, have I built the patience and the capacity to cultivate this girl for her to become that great vessel I want her to be. If you don't have that patience, leave somebody's daughter alone. I repeat, please now. If you don't have the patience to tolerate the nonsense, the poop, and help her to become that suitable person, leave her alone. As a woman, if you have not built the patience to submit, to receive instructions, about the vision, about how, where we are going. If you are not ready, stay alone. Don't go and worry any man. And I'll pray for you that no man should come and propose to you. What is A? Because some of you, you think that calling yourself an independent woman is a virtue. For the woman was created for the man. Where from the independence? Who, did he, who gave you the independence? There are certain things that you have taken, you think it is godly, it is demonic, it is the teaching of the Antichrist. It, it destroys the principles of the kingdom of God. That is how come we have problems in marriages everywhere and Christianity is worse. Because we want to mix the mindset of the world and the mindset of the kingdom. It doesn't work. I know you are young, but let me tell you, in the next seven years, most of you will be married. In the next seven years, most of you will be married. At most, in the next ten years. And you think it's far away. It's just 2030. Do you hear me? Build it now. My regret in life is when I was 17 years. And God will tell me, my son, pray into your marriage. And I will tell God, I am a small boy. Talk to me about my car career. The things you do with me. Let me pray into that. Marriage for what? Do you understand me? God is Alpha and Omega. He sees your tomorrow right now. He sees your destiny right now. As I'm talking to you today, he's talking to your children's children's children right now. Everything is complete before him. He does not live in time. He lives outside time. So he sees everything in full.
Even scientists talk about parallel world, ability to travel into the future, to see your future. What about God, who is at the beginning and the end? To him, you, are, you have lived your full life already. You are dead and gone. Your destiny, your generations, everything is complete before him. So when God uses a man of God to speak into your life, God is not trying to predict. God doesn't predict. He's telling you what it is. God doesn't make mistakes. So when I go somewhere and I give word of knowledge, God, he doesn't lie. If you decide not to get up, it's you. If God tells me that there is somebody on my right side that has a pro- stomach problem here, and you say you won't get up, is your is it my stomach? If God tells me to tell you that guy who is proposing, who is saying he is lying, or person who I can't say it in English. <laughs> He wants to remove the sradia inside your nineteen. I can explain it to the non tongue speaking. I was speaking in tongues. It's good. If he understands, uh, it's not good. Praise the Lord. Shall we continue? Any questions so far? Write your questions down. All right. What have I said? Plenty things so far. God also wants you to seek the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33, and its righteousness. In other words, there is a way relationship goes. There is a mindset for relationship. The rightness, the righteousness of the kingdom, regarding relationship, God wants your mind to be very well versed in it. All right. Let me jump into some few things because of the way the time is going. Let's deal with hard-heartedness. I was, I was in 1 Peter 3, right? Let's go quickly there. He said, finally, be of one mind. Make sure that you understand you build the capacity to understand how to relate with dissenting views. Do you understand me? Some of you, when you are chatting right now, when you have a disagreement, you bang doors and you leave. Stop that demonic foolishness. Tell yourself, I'll never do that again. And work at it. Do you hear me? You never walk out on the person that you are in a relationship with when you are talking about something that may be sensitive. Learn to talk about sensitive matters without letting your emotions come into the picture to destroy the relationship. Learn to deal with sensitive matters in humility. You don't need to raise your voice. You don't need to threaten. You don't need to slap. You don't need to insult. Tell your neighbor, stop that foolishness. I like to say it in Cree. Let the non-Ghanians learn it. Who is non-Ghanian here? Lift up your hand. Say Jai. Jimie. It means stop foolishness. Jimie is foolishness. 
Jai means stop. So if you learn a tree language, Jai Jimieno. Say it louder. Uh huh. When you see any Ghanaian, tell them Jai Jimieno. If they slap you, don't come and look for me. Praise the Lord. Are you here? Yes. Number two. Sympathize one another. Go back to NLT and uh, NKJV. Have compassion for one another. Point number two. In the fire pointer for relationship. The first thing is then learn to have one mind. Learn to reason. Build emotional intelligence. Where you don't let him, when you are discussing something, something, then you start becoming manipulative, then you start throwing words around, start trying to twist or stop that foolishness. It's a demon. Remove that leech from your mind. Number two, have compassion. Put yourself, in other words, empathize. Put yourself in the shoes of the other person. If those words you are using are used on you, will you like it? Because there are some of you, and this one, forgive me, but there are some of you, both male and female, who are dangerously wicked in that department. You can say hateful words and pretend as if you have said nothing. And the most demonic and annoying part of it is that when you see the person is hurt, then you go and, oh, why are you quiet? Why why is he quiet? When the daggers from your lips entered his heart, you didn't see. And some of you, when you realize you have made a mistake, instead of you to say sorry, you will never, you never say sorry. Then rather, thank you. That's what they do. Uh, do you want to eat fried rice? I will eat fried sand. Sand. Why are you going home? Why are they going home? They are swapping. Why? Some people want to, they want to see my face here. Why? That, that place, they are not hearing me well. Eh? They want to see my face. But that's why I am moving around. That's why I am moving around. But I just say, we'll do one day. We'll come and do relationships. One day. That one, it will be based on what you want me to talk about. Praise the Lord. You need to stop thinking that you can free your mind and it doesn't matter. It matters. Jesus says, whatever a man shall say, he will give account of it. It may be in a relationship, friendship. Don't say foolish words to people. Be compassionate. Understand that what is said to you if you won't like it, don't say it to somebody. Don't tell a man that you are immature. Don't tell a guy, useless man. Don't tell a girl, foolish girl, you are not marriage material. There are, don't body shame. Look at how your stomach is becoming big. Why do you have features of a guy? There are ways that, that cut into the soul and, and, and opens the door for the demon of low self-esteem to torment people. You are not compassionate. 
Why are you so poor? Did the person choose it? You think you are wealthy because you have money. Don't be too poor that the only thing you have is money. Make sure that you learn to, Jesus put it this way. He said, make friends by unrighteous mammon so that when he gives you up, you will have people to hold you. In other words, when you have money, use it to help other people so that because money will not stay. Situations are not the same all the time. Are you here with me? Are you paying attention? So don't use your present advantage to pull other people down. Don't tell anybody, are you my class? What class are you? What is your class? I'll show you your class. Your, go to the mortuary. You'll see your class. There are more beautiful or handsome people naked in the fridges. Your shape. There are people with better shape in the fridges. Your education, your family. There are people from richer families in the fridge. Do you hear me? At the end of the day, somebody, you eat international cuisines. Somebody eats local food. It all tends to poop. It all tends to what? As long as the, top, the tongue is the top of your anus, what goes in will definitely come out here. Your tongue is the, to is the top of your anus. That is why when you fast plenty and you don't drink water, you start having this bitter smell on your tongue. Visitors from down here are coming here. Those of you who like kissing, every day kissing, kissing, you are just exchanging visitors from down here to this place. Every time you are doing and you are, you, are, you are sucking saliva juice, you are just exchanging. Shamo, why are you looking at me like that? Shamo is looking at me like this. And you are pictured that when you get the girl, the way you'll be kissing. If you think I'm lying, take your phone. Go to Google. Just check. Me, I am a student of many things. Do you understand me? No, it's not bliss. It's not bliss. You don't like, she doesn't like brushing her teeth. Bacteria activity. Now. The way Amy had planned that on her wedding day, the way she would kiss. You are not getting married again. Father, we bring the marriage forward. September 2022. Angela is July. 
Why is Mrs. Nikwe? Oh. Please, I'm not saying don't kiss. I beg you. But I've seen a question, one of the questions in the Google forms. Is it wrong to kiss? Please, let me tell you. Like I said, some certain, certain things are cultural. Okay? In the, but even in the culture where kissing came from. Do you understand me? Because Africa, we are not... Let me tell you something. When you meet the girl or you meet the guy, you are dating. Already, when, 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 once you have developed that feeling, which you wrongly call love, that feeling is already sexual. So when the guy sees you, he's already having erection in his pants. And the girl is also producing okro soup. When I talked about the guys, you were happy. Why are you quiet on when I'm talking about the girls? Look, I keep telling people who come to my office especially. Stop the pretense. I have studied and have... Okay, I, don't, I won't share everything here, but let me tell you something. I know the physiology of many, of both genders. A guy sees a, a girl he likes. There is an erection. Some of it, most of it is even... Uh, what was the word? Uh, reflex. You are not even thinking about it. In the same way, most of you ladies produce okro soup. Reflex. You see the guy, and by the time you see, okay, you are getting wet. <laughs> and sometimes it has happened on your blind side, you don't know. Then you go ahead to hold each other, and you are kissing. What you are doing is that you are breaking certain barriers of no return. It will start by fondling. The next time, you go beyond it. Because there's Proverbs talks about something I discovered called the pleasures of sin. Please pay attention. The pleasures of sin. Sin is pleasurable. It be it is nice to the flesh next time when you meet you won't stop at kissing you will explore further because sin will take you further than you want to go the next time you will be doing what you never imagine yourself that you will do and then when it goes on for a while, your conscience becomes sealed. You no longer feel guilty. Then you start telling us, Zion, they are preaching is hard. I've been, you tell yourself, I've been doing this thing. 
God has not struck me. I can still speak in tongues. I just finished and I was speaking in tongues. God has not left me. Your conscience is dead. You are going to hell. You have booked first class tickets to hell. The day you notice that sin no longer scares you. You have admitted that you have rejected the lordship of Christ. Hell is your destination. I'm coming to talk about conscience. But I want to deal with hard-heartedness of heart first. Do you understand me? That is why I say, don't start what you, shouldn't, you can't finish. Whether you like it or not, once you have started a relationship, there's going to be a strong sexual attraction. Whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter how fast, how much fasting you can do. Fastings don't kill sexual attractions. Prayer doesn't, even the presence of the Holy Spirit. The only cure, he said, flee. Speak in tongues. Let God use you mightily. Prophesy. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Command mountains. And meet the person that your, your atinka is for. The first thing your hands will do is to go to the private part. That is what the first thing you... It, it, it doesn't matter. A great man, David, saw a woman bathing far away in a bathroom. When somebody is far away, what do you see? What detail? It's just outlines of things. You don't see anything. But, I don't know whether it was in the night or daytime. But, even if it's daytime, when somebody is at the other uh, building, you won't see details. But last, they didn't stop it. Marriage doesn't cure last. I repeat it. Marriage, it doesn't cure last. If you are entering into marriage because of sexual desires, when you start having sex with the person that you are married to, after a few times you get bored, you would want to explore with another person. You become an Dora the Explorer. Very soon, you'll be driving Ford Explorer. I'm not talking about Reverend Barry's Explorer. Do you understand me? So there are some things don't start it. So that Paul gave us a very good word. He said, uh, I think it's First Thessalonians, is it chapter 5? Or Second Thessalonians 5. He said, flee from every appearance of sin. Appearance. It looks like 
it may not be, but it looks like, or it is a, a platform, an environment that can easily create the thing. So you are dating. Don't, if, if you spend, let me, I keep telling people who come to me in my office that, let's assume the two of you, okay, you hate each other, you never met each other, and I pick you, and I put you in my office, I lock the door. The next day when I come, I be back so life. When a man and a woman meet, give them three hours. Maximum. The atmosphere in the room will change once they are sitting there alone. It will change. Am I lying? Brian, am I lying? You'll be sitting there very soon. Your hand won't touch. The first thing the lady will say, oh, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? Me, I don't like that too. I like what you are stopping. Oh. Praise the Lord. So some things I tell myself, don't do. Set boundaries. Do what? Don't tempt yourself. You are not strong. Tell your neighbor. Don't tempt yourself. You are not strong. The fact that you can pray five hours doesn't mean you are strong. The Roman Empire was brought down because of immorality. You are not strong. No matter how much olive oil is poured on you, you are not strong. No matter how you, fire, you shout fire, ojatum, when a guy catches you, you will be, give, be doing like this. Look at me. You'll be doing like this. Sit down! You'll be doing like this. Hey, why are you closing your eyes? Look at me. Remember, you look at me. Remember, you look at me. No matter how, hey baba, hey baba, hey baba, you do like this. Esther, no matter how you lead worship, you do like this. Every year, no matter what. You can pray. You can come back from 40 days fasting and see all the angels. And your face will be radiating. When it comes to the flesh, you will say, here I am. Living sacrifice. See how the students have become quiet, like they don't want to talk. <laughs> On the Ashesi campus where it is cold. People are doing things. 
May God rescue you. And if you are here, you are caught up in that. I pray that the power of God will set you free. There are certain things you can't stop on your own when you open that door. I've come to find out that the sense of the flesh, especially sexual, when you open that door, it takes only the hand of God to rescue you. You can, you can do it. You can cry. You can do it. It won't stop. The next time the opportunity presents itself, you'll be doing it. The next time you'll be doing it. And you'll be going deeper and deeper and deeper. That enemy is a very strong enemy. So I tell people, don't ask me, don't let telenovela deceive you that kissing is okay. It is not. Once you are not married, this is not. Because it's a very intimate exchange. It's a very intimate, it's a very strong thing. Do you understand me? So, don't do some things. You understand me? It, it stops certain battles. Are you here? Why are you so quiet? Oh, we just kissed. We didn't do anything. You have done, you have done all. You've done all. You've done all. Because one thing I have come to find out, no lady does certain things without emotional involvement. Most guys can have full sex without any emotions attached to it. It's just like wee-wee. It's just like... It's gone. Why is that when I talk now, then you are like, but a girl is, a girl is kissing you. Even sometimes for a girl to hold your hand, there's a lot of emotions inside. Most girls will not just get up and come and put their hand around you. There's a lot of emotions inside. I've noticed one thing. Girls spend time with the person they like. And when a girl says, I like, there's a lot of emotions inside. If you like, just say something nasty in that moment. They become hurt. And the guy is clueless. I guess they leave me alone. What is wrong with it? I've not done anything to you. No, you've done everything. The problem is that because you have not gone to God to discover yourself, you have not discovered who the person that was created out of the rib of a man is. So you don't know their emotions. Most girls don't even also understand who a guy is. Most girls think, oh, that the guy is looking for his sex. That is a lie. And I've seen that in the cultural books of most U.S. writers. What a man is looking for. It's not sex. Yes, men like sex, but the people who enjoy sex most is women. (laughs) 
You see how Esther is looking at her phone. I'll deal with the subject of sex in itself later in another relationship, not today. So let's go. Let's deal with two more scriptures. Okay. I quoted 1 Peter. Let's finish it for me. 1 Peter 3 8. Hey, almost 3 30. Lord. Okay. He said, have compassion. So don't say things that hurts the other party. Build yourself to speak well. All the ladies here. As far as I'm your pastor, and I thank God that you are young people, it means we'll grow together if Jesus doesn't come tomorrow. If Jesus doesn't come next year, we'll grow together. And by God's grace, if you don't become a rebel, I will see your marriage. I'll probably bless your marriage. But when a marriage issue comes to me and I notice it is because you are not speaking well, I will slap you. I will insult you. I will use you to preach. And I, will, and I will mention your name. It's a promise. It's not a threat. It's a promise I'm making to you. Somebody like Reverend Berelov, I always tell her. Where is she? Yeah, baby, I'm telling you. You can't be around me and not get rid of certain character. All of you who like to open my office door and come to me. Some things, when I see you doing, I will, I will use you to preach. I told Sister Naomi, I will use her to preach. Some catch her. We catch her, some body. Me do preach. But sometimes person can cry. Me yans ba hoe. Meka. Opa mecho. Meka. I will use you to preach. Ruben, I will use you to preach. If I catch you, you are maltreating the girl. Or you have side check. Where, where did that side check doctrine come from? Now, eh, 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 polygamy is, is biblical. They, 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 they. Uh, where did it come from? Did God create Eve's or Eve? Let's go on. Let's go on. So, be compassionate. Now, the third, the third factor. The third factor. Please pay attention. Third factor. Love as brothers. And I love this statement. The, the, the fourth pillar for relationship in, in Christ. He said, love as brothers. Now, this word, this statement, love is filios, not agape. Brotherly love. Why does God say before you enter, have brotherly love? It is the most basic form of love. Filios. Filios does not sustain marriage. If you enter into filios with only filios, the marriage will break. Because filios is based on you do me, I do you. You do me good, I do you good. Brotherly love is based on likabilities. It is conditional. Every love relationship that is based on conditions will not last. But God says, love as brothers. When you go to John, is it 21 or 22? 21. Where God, Christ was speaking to um, 
Peter. Peter, do you love me? The first word we love that Jesus used was agape. Peter, do you agape me? Then Peter replied, Lord, you know I feel you. Then, the second time, Jesus asked, Peter, do you agape me? Peter says, Lord, you know I feel you. The third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you feel you me? Then Peter replies, Lord, I feel you. The third time, Jesus stepped down to Peter's level. Because now Peter has come to understand that the first time I asked, Jesus asked me, can you drink my cup? And he said yes. And he found out that he betrayed Jesus. He noticed that this thing is not born by human ability. So let me come down to my level and let me derive grace from him. And Jesus recognized that the humility I'm looking for, he has it. So Jesus comes to his level and said, okay, I feel you, Sue. Brotherly love. Let's start from there. When the Holy Spirit came and Peter was empowered, he started writing things. If you hate your brother, you are not born again. He said, I write to you, people who have received love, like-minded faith. He became strong in it. He and John, the sons of thunder, they understood it. Then they got to know that this thing comes from God. Now, the scripture says, let brotherly love, put my scripture there. Don't remove it. Let brotherly love be there. Continue. He said, love as brothers. In other words, the basic form of love that you must, you must pick up as a child of God before you enter marriage is brotherly love. Why? Your brother is the one you are closest to. He is the one who can annoy you. Is that not so? How many of you used to fight with your siblings? You still do. Yeah. But there's a certain kind of love. No matter the anger, there are certain things you will never imagine against your brother. Let's fight with your brother. Let an outsider try to harm that same brother. Will you support that person? You will join your brother to beat up. Have you noticed? It is a bond that is formed because of where the two of you are coming from. We belong to the same. That's why I like the Evers. Once they notice, they will gang up against you. They will gang up against you. They will nyabralize you. Do you understand me? So, you see that Nigerians meet, Ghanaians meet. You see that there is a certain natural gravitation towards each other. Even though in their country, they may not have known each other. They just meet, they just start flowing together. Because it's born out of, we are coming from the same root. Let's combine our powers. God says, before you learn to, you enter a relation, have this mindset that you both came from me. So have that understanding that you are on the same team. So don't fight against each other. Love as brothers. Let that strong love that exists between brethren be the foundation and then move from there to agape. Because platonic love and then romantic love. What is romantic love in the Greek language? Uh, eros. It does not, none of those kind of love sustains marriage. 
You can have sex and fight. You can have sex and break up. Uh, which of David's sons slept with? The one who made himself king. Your friend is saying. Is it? Who slept with who? <laughs> Amnon slept with Tamar. The Bible says that he had strong love. But as soon as the sex was over, the Bible says he had bitter hatred towards her. What happened? As soon as the act was over, what she, he was feeling for her turned to hatred, disgust. So Eros doesn't build relationship. You can see a girl, as she's walking, her buttocks is shaking. Then your lust has come. It's not love. It's a demon. Once the demon uses to satisfy its pleasure, you will come back to default settings. You will hate her and hate yourself for doing that foolish thing. You will hate her and hate yourself. Are you here? So he says, let love as brothers. The fifth one. No, the fourth one. He said, be tender hearted. This was my concern. Some of you, you are too hard-hearted. And here, let me give you a scripture. You are too hard-hearted. Some of you, hey, me, if you do this, I will, I will show you. Some of you, I want to say some things, but I don't want to go in, so let me leave them. But some of you have very terrible hearts, both male and female. Some, uh, ladies can be so hard-hearted that to pay a man who has wronged them, they will use their part menstrual part to cook. Yes. There is a lady I follow on, fa on Facebook. She has a radio station. Is it Tima? She calls Tima. How many of you have been listening to Tima? The things you hear, they will make your ear fall down and it is happening. In Ghana here. They will use their part, menstrual part to cook for you. Yes, you will eat jollof cooked with their menstrual blood. It is a demon. You are a demon. You will go to hell for that. The person has wronged you. Find a, an elder and go and report. Let the matter be settled. Let the person be penalized or something. And if you're a guy, if you're a guy here, you don't respect pastors. Your wife goes to report or your lady goes to report you to your shepherd or something so that discipline will come in and then you go home and they start threatening her. Why do you go and report? Watch out. God will slap you. Don't do that. Many years ago, when I was living in Dakoman, a lady came to me. In fact, I was praying, I saw something. I called the lady. I said, your marriage, your husband, you have, you've seen that your husband is cheating and your pastor is going to deal with it. The pastor, in, in fact, called, also sorry, and found out. And the pastor, by word of knowledge, counseled the guy nicely. When they were going home, the guy got angry, started abusing the girl. Why did you go and report me? 
you know that this man of God, he is prophetic in nature. He picked things up. And you are insulting your wife. The wife knows nothing. So I called them again. Same thing. When they were going home, the guy was insulting the guy, the lady. I said, some of you guys, your pride, God will resist you. A man of God did this demonstration. Let me do it. You are a macho man. Come. Abner, come. Stand in front of him. Abner, try and come to me. Abner, force yourself and come to me. Abner, I said force, like. Why can't you come? Abner, your breakthrough is here. I want to lay my hands on you and prophesy to you. Come. Do whatever and come. Your breakthrough is here. Abner, do everything in your power. Give me oil. I'm not joking. I am not joking. Abena is not wild enough. I need somebody who is wild. Why are you guys laughing? Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? This is a scary thing. God says, I resist the proud. You see your breakthrough. God says, no demon will stop you. I, God, you cannot come to this plan of breakthrough. Whatever you do, no matter how desperate, I will resist the proud, but I will give grace to the one that is humble. If Satan resists you, you can call on God. God will come and push him away. And then you have the way. But if God resists you, who will you call upon? Go ahead and sit down. Do you get me? There are things in scriptures we don't joke with. Like when God tells you, honor the woman, respect her, so that your prayers be not resisted. It's not a joke. In other, no demon will resist you. God says your prayers are resisted. There are some things you don't joke. For instance, when he says, honor your father and your mother so that it will be well with you. We don't joke with them. I give grace to the humble. I resist them. We don't joke. All your sins, there are some sins don't do. I say what? All your sins, there are some sins, don't add it. Do you understand me? There are some sins, don't add it. When the things is not going well, the woman says, no, let's go and see the pastor. 
Or the pastor calls you, humble yourself. God wants to show you grace and help you. Don't resist counsel. In the multitude of counsel, said some of you, you have this mind, you are hard hearted. Even when you say you are forgiven, you say, okay, in my terms. I have accepted the apology, but my, according to my terms. You are a demon. He said, be tender hearted. Have a soft heart. Be ready to forgive. He said, love does not insist on its own. This is what you build to become better in relationship. You don't insist on your own. Some of you think it is called assertivity. It is pride. It's not assertiveness. When your, your, your suggestion is not taken, you become a demon. You start throwing tantrums. It can be as little a matter as food. Oh, I want to eat fried rice. I want to eat food. No, we are eating fried rice. Then you become hard-hearted. Hard. When something happens, you never forgive. You will talk about it forever in your life. You will always refer the person to that mistake. What are you? Principle number four. To uproot the leech. Be tender-hearted. Don't be difficult. Tell your neighbor, stop being difficult. You are not a demon. Do you hear me? Stop being hard. Barry. You cannot be counseled. You cannot be advised. You cannot be, when you are angry, your body shake. You will never calm down. Are you a demon? Are you a demon? Don't be hard-hearted. Tell your neighbor, don't be hard-hearted. <laughs> Are you here with me? Don't be hard-hearted. Hard-heartedness has destroyed many relationships. Matthew 19, verse 3 to 8. Look at something. Quickly. Time is running too fast. Quickly, quickly, quickly. So that we go into some questions and answers. Everybody, read. One go. So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on... Is that the scripture no. I quoted? No. Two and three. What, what, what are you reading? I said Matthew 19, 3 to 8. 3 to 8. One go. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Why? Because you see, most people, you enter a relationship with a trial and error mindset. If it doesn't work, I'll, I'll go away. But the, what you do understand is that the person that you are doing the trial has heart like you. Heart, we don't joke with heart. Broken heart is real. Broken hearts can make people go crazy. There was a time, one of the years, I came, I came back from my 40, I think 2019 or, yeah, 2019. When I came back from my waiting, I took a group of people to Pantai and I shared 
I said some people took, I think we divided ourselves into three. Some people went to some place like, like across psychiatric. I took some people to Pantan. Even Pantan, we divided ourselves. Some of us went to the male world. Some people went to the female world. We are going to distribute food after my 40 days. The, the gentleman who was leading us into the female world said this particular word, a huge word. All the people who are in this particular world are here because of broken heart. The wires are touching. They are not correct. Beautiful women. A guy has broken their heart. You see a beautiful holding a teddy bear, staring one direction. I remember one of the guys who was working with me when the when the uh, the the top whatever said he said it's not possible. He started laughing. I turned to him. I said. You don't, that is why you would joke with people's. When somebody says, I love you, even though it is normally based on infatuation, there's emotions attached. Don't joke with people's heart. If you don't like her, tell her from day one, I don't like you. I just want to remove the sradia in, in between your legs. Let the person know from the onset. So that if the person is foolish enough to give herself to you, it is a mutual agreement. It is what? You say what? I'm not here to say nice things. I'm here to say the truth. Do you understand me? Don't joke with people's hearts. Trial and error some say, somebody broke my heart, so me to break the heart of plenty of people. If you are a guy in the church, you like this girl, that girl, that girl, that girl, you are leading all of them on. Be careful. I have, I've had this problem in case here before. What is your problem? You alone, what is your problem? And you don't know, want this girl to know that you have told her something. Uh, 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 you don't want this girl to know that you have told this other girl something. So you tell her, this is what I told you. Let it stay between me and you. If you have good intentions, why do you want it to stay between the two of you? Why can't everybody know? When I started a relationship, the first thing I did, the first thing I did, I started a relationship on Saturday. The first thing I did on Saturday, Saturday, I took the person to school and see my parent. The, the Sunday, my pastor. The Monday, it was, Casey, if you meet on Tuesdays, I called uh, an emergency meeting. Gathered everybody. It's not a meeting time. It's not a miracle time. I want to tell all of you, when you see this girl walking by me, she's my girlfriend. Wow. Nothing to hide. Nothing what? To hide. Nothing to hide. Not leading anybody on. I don't want drama. I hate complicated relationships. Praise the Lord. Why can't you be sincere? Why is your heart so difficult? Why do you want to be manipulative? Stop being hard-hearted. Put my scripture there. 
Read. Let's go. And he answered. Uh, four. The same Matthew 19. We're not done reading. We finish this one. Verse 4. Uh-huh. Matthew 19, 4. Uh-huh. And he answered and said to them, uh-huh. Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Mm-hmm. And said, So if you want to know, Jesus is saying a principle. If you want to know God's intention, always read what he did in the beginning. Okay, it shows you his intention for doing the thing. So he didn't create male and females. <laughs> one male, one female. So he said, in the beginning. So listen to Jesus. He said, can a man divorce his wife for any reason? In other words, look, if this girl misbehaves, there are many fish in the sea. According to the kingdom principle, there is only one fish for you. If you catch, you have, caught, you have caught. Don't have in mind that I will change because that person you want to change is a human being. And guys, let me tell you, one of the dangerous cases you want to walk in on earth is the curse of a scorned woman. It will follow you forever. No pastor can break it for you except you go and beg and the woman lays hands on you and say, Father, I let go. A being who who sees blood through her private part every month. She is a walking altar. You are not ready for that teaching. You are not ready for that mystery yet. If you are a girl, you have heard this, so you go and cast cares. It will come on you. Let, let me just warn you. Because a baseless case shall not prosper. It will turn on you. And demons will hunt you. In the same way, you don't want to mess up a man carrying God's vision. You don't want to seduce, destroy a man that heaven has put his hand on to carry a vision. It will be better for you if you were not born. I'm not lying to you. You don't like him, let him go. Don't play him on your phone. The one who pays, the one who supplies, the one who responds. What heaven will do for you? Look, I've sat in my office. God will tell me, this girl, I'm about to kill her. Father, why? Because he's destroying a man of destiny. Don't joke with this God who don't joke with him. His principles are serious. He doesn't joke. So he Jesus put the scripture back. Stop removing the scripture when I'm talking. Is it lawful for man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Look at what they say. Then he says, and he answered, Have you not read? In other words, refer to the scriptures. Let the scripture be your basis for your mindset so that you don't ask foolish questions. Do you hear me? Let's go. Then he said, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning, at the intentions, 
made them male and female and said, for this reason, for which reason? Because I made them male and female to accomplish my purpose. What God? For, and he said, for this reason, a man shall, a man leave, shall his father leave his father and mother and be uh-huh. And the two shall become the two one. Shall become one. Uh-huh. And I said, most theologians will say the act of sex makes one. In a certain sense, it's true, but it's not that. People can have sex, but they are not one. They are one, they call it so ties. But the oneness has to do with the oneness of mind and oneness of heart. It's a process. It's not a one-day activity. I'll come there later. So, so then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God, God has joined together, together and pay attention here, not every couple that goes to the, in front of a man of God that gets married have been joined together by God. It is not a man of God that makes people one. It is God. The point is, did God put the relationship together? If God put it together, then God made you one before you even came to before the man of God. If the two of you use your own infatuations, your own choosings, please sit down. What the example I was about to do, if I use the two of you, you beat me up. So let me go and use somebody that I can beat up. <laughs> Guess who they are mentioning your name? If you saw shape, you saw buttocks, you saw breast, you saw flap. Tamisha and what? Tamisha talk. Stop pretending that you are. You have given me more this and the things that you ladies. Um, not just arms. Arms that has veins. Do you know that to many women, a man who has veins in his arms reveals something? Have you seen how Adele is looking at me with the side of her eye giving me a sign? The girls are educated than the boys. You think I don't know what you think? Hallelujah. If you chose yourself against the counsel of God, God didn't put you together. Any situation, any man, any other thing can separate it. If it was not God's choice, God didn't put it one. It's not the sex that brings, makes you one. It's not the sex that joins you. It's not the pastor. It's not the wedding. It's not the wedding ring. I know you don't know this. That is why I'm telling you. It is a leech in your mind. If you marry the one God didn't choose for you. God didn't put you together. I will explain later. Therefore, what God has put together, let no man, no man can actually put it to a sender. So, let's see something. Let's go. 
you will see something dangerous in verse 9. I don't like reading verse 9. Let's go. They said to him. Then when they got their answer, they said, Why then? Why then? If, 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 if it is deep, they understood Jesus' answer. If it is deep like that, then how come Moses, a man, he said, what God has put together, let no man. Moses is a man. And Moses gave permission for divorce. Let's look at Jesus' answer. Verse 8. He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. Moses, the, actual, the reason why Moses went to God and God gave him permission, he said it was because of the hardness of your heart. Some people, if you don't allow them to break up, they will kill the other person. They will kill each other. Like the Nigerian singer that has been killed. Hardness of the heart of the man. How do you kick your wife? How do you... If you don't like her, let her go. Let her go. If you think she's not the person that makes you happy, don't make a slave out of her. If you are here and a guy has started... You are dating and a guy has started demonstrating abusive tendencies. And when I say abusive tendencies, I'm not just talking about beating. I'm talking about verbal abuse emotional abuse and it goes both ways if you are here you are dating somebody whether male or female and the person likes to insult you demean you say foolish things to you run it doesn't matter how many prophecies you receive run break up immediately god told the israelite i am taking you to the promised land a land that flows with milk and honey on the way, when they decided not to align their heart and mind to you, he, he broke up with them. He killed them. So God is not opposed to break up. He doesn't like divorce, but he's not opposed to break up. Better break up now. Do you understand me? Don't say... Oh, he's a good guy. Just this small weakness. When he kills you, I don't come for your funeral. When he damages you, I don't pray for you. When he messes you, I don't come to the hospital. I don't come and visit you. When I come out, I'll send a voice note of insult to you. Oh, I'll do that. I'll tell you you're a fool and you deserve it. God gave you brains. God made you a suitable help. God didn't make you a twerp. Do you understand me? You, you are not subservient to a man. The fact that God made your husband your head does not mean that you are subservient. We are fellow heirs of Christ. Do you understand me? Just that two captains cannot captain a ship. So one is told to... Something I didn't say. When God says you are a suitable help, in other words, he has given you a lot of resources. If you don't bring the resources to the subject of the man's vision, the man will not go anywhere. If, you have a, if I have a business idea that requires, let's say, a million dollars, and you have 10 billion, okay, I don't know you, and I come to you and say, oh, Charlie, I have this business idea, and he knows me, okay. Charlie, can you help me? You tell me I don't know you. Then Tamisha will go like, oh, 
Help him. I know he's a good guy. What Amisha is saying is that submit your resource to my business idea and definitely the business will grow and you will have benefits. So God commands the woman to submit the resources he has given to the woman to the man so that benefit will come. And God says, when the, the you see, I'm going, you too, I'm commanding you to love this resource I've given to you, this woman. Treat her well. And by the way, God didn't just tell the man to love the woman. If you read 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, you see there, he said, love her and honor her. Honor her, not abuse her. Honor her, not maltreat her. Honor. One Peter has put there, husband, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. If I go into understanding, I will waste time. So I'm go. Giving honor. Giving what? So you are here. You don't have respect for a woman. You have failed. You are not a Christian. You are not born again. You don't live in Christ. The woman deserves honor. Honor. And when he says as a weaker vessel, he's not saying that she's weak. It's mean mean that the container in which she dwells is made nice, soft, delicate, like an eggshell. It's a weak vessel. If you maltreat it, it will break. And then the content, the, the protein content, the delicate content, you will spell it. And then you won't get any benefit. Why are you quiet? So contrary to people who don't understand scriptures, who think that the scriptures put down women in the kingdom. No, it's not like that. God upholds women. God upholds men. God upholds his children. There is no one subservient. He is wise. His wisdom is past founding out. He is not a, a, a homophobic person. Do you understand me? So understand who you are. Let's go back to the scriptures and finish it quickly. This is not what we are reading. Verse 8. He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, hardness of your heart, and I'm telling you all, please be tender-hearted. Divorce was permitted because of what? The hardness of their heart. Because he didn't want to. But I don't like verse 9. Me, I'm a man of God. I don't like verse 9. But let's read it. Verse 9. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another. Don't add verse 10 commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. In other words, what Jesus is saying that heaven does not recognize divorce except for sexual immorality or heaven says enough. What it means is that law courts, fiscal law courts, when they divorce you and heaven has not divorced you, you are still married. 
He said, he who divorces a wife commits adultery. You've not read it before. Have you read it before? You have not paid attention. You thought you were born again. You thought you were righteous. There are deeper things. These are legal matters in the realms of the spirit in the kingdom. This has nothing to do with religion. No. This is not a religious matter. These are divine rules, legal matters that hold the foundations of God's kingdom. So relationship is not a private matter. It's a very serious matter. I don't like the scripture. It, it, it messes me up in so many ways. For years, I've been meditating on this scripture. For years. For years. This matter, I've spoken about it. I think one of our relationships seminar in Omega, I spoke about this thing. It messes me up. Because if I tell you how it messes me up, you understand, so I keep quiet. It's deep. There are courts in heaven that can divorce you. <laughs> that one, to when heaven divorces you and you are married on earth, you are on your own. <laughs> yes, you are committing fornication. Heaven doesn't recognize it. Have you seen hard-headedness? So God says, don't do, it. don't do it. Tell your neighbor, don't do it. My time, my time. Let's do one scripture for conscience and one scripture for motives, and then we will be done, right? I think questions, yeah, because of the time. I thought I would close by four, but Charlie. Have you learned something? Abby, I've not, I've, not, I've not come to insult you. I'm just washing you with the blood of Jesus. Uh-huh. So it's not as, it's not hateful bloody. It's just washing bloody. And uh, the cross of Calvary. Lebanese, I didn't see you. Why haven't I mentioned your name? Who, who is truly learning something? I've not wasted your time. Let's do two scriptures. 1 Timothy 1, 5. Okay, I'll give you three scriptures. 1 Timothy 1, 5. Acts 24, 16. And then... Okay. 2 Corinthians 1.12. Let's do the first one. Let's do the first one. 1 Timothy 1.5. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love from a, from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Pure heart, good conscience, Sincere faith. I don't have time to explain all three dimensions. But I want to dwell on good conscience. What is conscience? Who can tell me what conscience is? 
Oh, you can go to Google and find out. What is conscience? Let me know what is conscience. Yeah, baby, what is conscience? What is conscience? The sense of right and wrong. What's your name? Princia. Tenoniji. What's the meaning? Gift of God. Princia. If I adopt a daughter, I'll call her Princia. I've never heard it before. Uh, I see. What is conscience? Everybody has been using the term. Gola, what's conscience? <laughs> a person's moral sense of judgment. A, sense, a person's moral sense of judgment that determines a person's view of what right is and what wrong is. <laughs> There's a scripture <laughs> I want to give you. Eh? Paul is a dangerous man. Paul, Paul. But it's a, it's a whole theological something. So I don't, if I don't say it well, some people use it to justify themselves in foolishness. Now, God says the end of the commandment, the reason why he has given you laws in his kingdom is so that you will have an understanding to love from a pure heart. Because he needs you to understand the function of love, the purpose, its place. Number two, he needs you to uh, have good conscience because conduct in the kingdom is based on good conscience. Your moral sense of judgment, do you understand me? You should have the understanding that there are some things that are permitted and there are some things that are not permitted. Cheating is not permitted. If you don't have the right judgment, the good conscience, you will justify it. She was not treating me well, so I am okay by cheating. Is that not so? She, he is not providing for my needs. So, somebody says you provide. So, what is wrong? If he was doing his, what, he says, what is expected of him, I won't find myself in this. Is that not so? But when you think like that, it means that you are bankrupt of kingdom principles, kingdom judgment. Are you here? And so, he says the reason why he has given us the commandment in the kingdom is so that we will understand to have good conscience. Good conscience. That right moral judgment because there is bad conscience. There is terrible conscience. People who get infected with HIV and say, let me go on a sexual spree and corrupt everybody. I was listening to a program on Facebook some few months back. A lady, they were interviewing her. She said, her, her agenda is to go to churches and sleep with the man of God and all the pastors. That's what she does. She goes to church, seduces the pastor, and then 
go to the rest of the church pastors. When she's done, she goes to the next church. Satan has anointed her. She has bad conscience. She sees nothing wrong. There are some of you, when you are being wicked to your partner, the person that you claim you love, to you is a game. There are some of you guys, you bet with your friend that I'll sleep with this girl. It's a game. You have a terrible conscience. You will go to hell. You bet. You bet. This girl, she thinks she deformed. She thinks she's principal. I, I go conquer her. When you finish, you tell your friends, I conquer. Don't worry. The demons that help you to conquer are ready to receive you. It's a curse you have put on yourself. And it will never wipe away until the day you repent. It will haunt you. That innocent girl, somebody's innocent daughter. God's daughter of Zion. You bet with your friend that this is what I'll do to her. Don't worry. You would have gotten your sexual pleasure. You will get your eternal punishment. Let me tell you, there are differences between consequences and punishment. When you reap, when you sow, you will get the consequence. It's not the punishment. The, con- the, the consequence is that you will reap what you have sown. It will be done to you. People will dupe you. People may do it to your daughter. People may, it may multiply. It's just a consequence. You, 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 you get a good job offer. Somebody will dupe you out of it. It's just a consequence. The punishment is coming. It's different. People don't know the difference between consequence. When Adam sinned, death was a consequence, not a punishment. Jesus was punished for Adam's sin. So the chastisement, the punishment of our transgression was laid upon him. Not the consequence. The consequence, we suffered it. But the punishment. If you tell your son, don't steal uh, uh, meat in the soup, and he put his hand there, and in the course of the action, the soup burns him. It's consequence. The punishment is coming. You go and do sex escapade. You get pregnant. It's consequence. It's not a punishment. Are you understanding it? So don't joke with some things. Kingdom principles are not meant to be broken. Let's go. Scripture. Let's go. This is not what I said. 1 Timothy 1.5. 1 Timothy 1 5. Operator. Read, read from.
Let's go to the next scripture quickly, my time. First Timothy 1 5. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love, love. from a pure heart, mm-hmm. from a good conscience, and, and from sincere faith. faith. Let's go to the next scripture. Acts 24 16. Quickly. Acts 24 16. This being so, mm-hmm. I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense, offense towards, towards God, God and men. I say, I strive. I strive as a person, as a single person, as a person that before I start even relating to people, I strive. My discipline is to make sure that my conscience is without offense. In other words, when I'm dealing with you, I have no offense in me. Do you understand me? Some of you, you are just angry people walking around. And out of that anger and offensive mindset, you treat everybody wickedly. There is no compassion in you. Your conscience is always with offense. It's like somebody did something to you. So to you, human beings are bad. Women are bad. Men are trash. So you enter a relationship with men are trash mindset. You are just there to trouble somebody's son because you think he is trash. If he is trash, leave him alone. Let him stay on his baller. What business do you have doing with baller, with trash? Which people go to the trash uh, place? Is it not uh, wanderers of life, vagabonds? So if men are trash and you are chasing a man, what are you? You are baller man. Most importantly, baller bed. You are a scavenger. You are a vulture. A scavenger. You are a hyena. Scavenger. Do you get me? See, I strive. The counsel God wants me to give you here is this. To have a good conscience, you must work at it. Strive at it. He said, so that I have a good conscience without offense toward God. In other words, as I live in God, when God appears, he sees that my conscience is pure. My moral judgment on why on, on any matter is pure. There is no malice in my dealings. If I say I love you, it is you. I have no hidden conscience to try to hurt you. It sounds like motive, but we'll come to motive. That my judgment, why I am saying the things I'm saying, it is to God, it is pure. And towards you, there is pure. You can investigate it and trust that I'll do you good. When I say I like you, I like you. There is no inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to this scripture. 2 Corinthians 1.12. Second Corinthians 1.12. Let's go. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. He said this is our testimony as a human being and as a person wanting to go into relationship. He said in this world, as you sojourn on this planet, as you want to enter a relationship, he says what? We conducted ourselves what? In, in this world, in simplicity Godly sincerity, without fleshly wisdom, wisdom, but by by the grace grace of God, God, 
and more abundantly toward you. Where he says, uh, what? Uh, godly sincerity. Other version said, conscience. Good conscience. In other words, you, you make sure that your conduct, these are things you build before you enter a relationship. Sincere. There, there, there are people who are not sincere. They are not sincere. Well, you know that you have somebody else that you are more interested in. You have a wife, then you meet a girl and say, if I had met you earlier. You have a boyfriend, say, if you had come. Oh, don't mind him. I can, I can break up with him and come to you. You are the one I like. As for him, dear, oh, no. And you know the most annoying part. You are not sincere. A guy has come to you, proposing to you, said, wait, let me pray about it. Whilst you are saying pray, let me pray. Your eyes is on somebody that you are expecting him to come and propose. But you don't want to lose this one. So you are intentionally delaying this one. So that when the, the guy that you are crashing, you really want comes, then you can go and tell the person that, oh, I prayed and God said, you pray to which God? Girls, look at me. Stop that fooling. What did I say? Guys, turn to any girl around you, point to them and say, stop that foolishness. I said, tell them like a warning. Don't say it nicely. The guys are afraid. You are afraid so that, so that they will you don't want them to bounce you, so you are afraid to say it. Let's go to motive quickly so that. Proverbs 16 verse 2. One principle you've got to understand is that God weighs the motives. Proverbs 16 verse 2. Proverbs 16 2. Yes, sir. All the ways of a man are pure in his eyes. Uh-huh. But God weighs the spirits. All the ways of a man. You think what you are doing, you are right. But God is the one who is judging your motives. You can deceive somebody. Okay. You see this Arabina, beautiful. Wow. Uh, wow. Tonight. Somebody say tonight. Looking panache, beautiful. Panache. Something good. Okay. Then he says, Sister Gay, I like you. Oh, you are not looking at her. Wow. What God has put together. And then you start approaching her. Hey. You are taking her out. You are showing her. Sending cry. Meanwhile, in her absence, you have this person too. Hey. 
She's stealing grapes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you are saying, and, and, to, and because they don't know each other, they think you are pure. Wow. And for you, you are trying to weigh the two of them to see the one you like. But you are leading them on. You are leading now. Your, God says he is the one who judge motives. What you are doing is wrong. Because at the end of the day, when they find out, it's going to cause serious heartbreaks. It's going to cause trouble in the body of Christ. Christians are going to be at loggerheads with each other. Stop that. Stop that. You know that you don't like the guy. Why are you receiving the, those monies? Why are you always asking for offers? Why are you always asking for, for, for help? Why are you always... For lemon. For lemon. Every day, give me lemon. 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 One of the things I keep reading about, a guy will meet a girl who is in need, okay? And, sp- and sponsor her in school and everything. Probably the guy is not, didn't go to university. With the promise that when you are done, we will marry you. We will marry and then we will build. When the girl finishes school, then the girl starts writing. He doesn't speak good English. He's not my class. I found somebody in the university who matches my level. When you were a poor, foolish girl, you didn't know your level. That guy was your level. Now that he has used his hard-earned cash to help you, one story I read, it was so painful. The guy helped build even a house for the girl's family. And did everything. Girl went to school abroad. Sponsored by the guy. Because he had his own business. Guy come, girl comes back and said. What she wrote is that. Please don't insult me. I've met somebody who matches my level. But I don't know how to tell the guy. So that he doesn't get offended. No the guy will not get offended. Heaven has, is offended on his behalf for you. There are some of you, you are wicked. And when that motive is weighed, God will punish you. If you are here, you have that mindset, drop it. We don't enter a relationship with a foolish motive, with a wicked motive, with a wicked mindset, with a wicked conscience. We don't do that. Whatever a man shall sow, he shall reap. We don't pay evil for good. Stop being manipulative. Stop being abusive. That's abuse. That is wickedness. Heaven will judge you. Heaven will do what? Don't do that. It's a wicked mindset. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 4. First Corinthians 16 4. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. Ah. One, is that 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians? What did I say? Let me check my scripture. 2. Is it 4 16 or 16 4? 
Okay. How many times? I think I turned the scripture. Uh-huh. Okay. Sorry. Let's change. Let's let's change the scripture. Let's do 1 Corinthians 4 4 to 5. 1 Corinthians 4 4 to 5. 1 Corinthians 4 4 to 5. For I know of nothing because of because of um clarity understanding say let's start from verse 1 okay. Okay. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. Mm -hmm. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself. If the Bible belongs to you, eh? Underline verse 4. In deep, we'll preach about it many years to come. Or when we go to heaven, we'll go and sit before Paul. Now, this scripture, the first time I saw it, eh, my jaw dropped. It's deep. Paul says, I, Paul. <laughs> Put only verse 4 for now. Verse 4, verse 4. Look at the scripture. You are not seeing the revelation here. Eh? Upon all Paul's background, stoning Peter and uh, Stephen and everything. He said, when I look at myself, I don't see anything against myself. Hey! What audacity of faith in the salvation of Christ. This is not forgive yourself matter. This is accepting the stance of God. Motive. He said, in my conduct, in my, the things I do, I don't, have, I don't record. And heaven bears him witness. He said, even this does not justify me. My justification. When I take a spiritual look at my life, I've done everything in God's counsel. You may be insulting Paul, wanting to kill him. But he says, I don't see anything wrong. Not because he's justifying himself. The first time I read it, God showed me this. I said, hey! Then he said, yet I am not justified by, by he who judges me. It's the Lord. Wow. Let's go. Let's go. I don't want to explain that one. It's for another day. Therefore, judge nothing before the time uh -huh. until the Lord comes, uh -huh. who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts, then each one's praise will come from God. Uh -huh. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he says what? God will judge everything and disclose or this verse and will reveal the counsel of your heart. Let me tell you something. When you start a relationship, when you start a relationship with somebody, what is going to happen is that in your private affairs, okay, it seems as if it is just the two of you. 
but there's a whole cloud of witnesses watching you from heaven on Mount Zion. Do you understand me? And he says that, put the scripture there. He says that God will bring to light every hidden thing of darkness and will reveal the motive, the intent, the counsel, the reason why. Did you enter that relationship out of correct motive? Or you went there to um, lord over somebody? Then each one's praise will come from God. What God is telling me to tell you is that because he's going to have the final say, be careful what motivates your actions in that relationship. This is a very basic example, but when you cook for your husband, when you cook for your boyfriend, and you ask him, is the food nice? With what motive are you asking? Let's do the last scripture, then we will, we will ask some questions and go. James 4.3. James 4.3. I wanted to deal with some other things, but... Yes, yes, yes. James 4.3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Give me, is it NLT or ESV? The, the, the rendition there is what I'm looking for. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You your what? Your motives are all wrong. Everybody, one go. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. One, James is talking about one of the reasons why we don't receive answers from God. As children of God. <laughs> he said, the motive, the motive, the mindset. Are you getting a thing? Why do you want a girl with that shape? Why you want a boy with money? Because you are not born to suffer. Who was born to suffer? Who was born for hard life? Who should help the guy to get money so that you will come and chop? Even when you ask, you say you don't receive because the motive, the reason is that you want to spend it on your last, on your pleasure. God that doesn't satisfy pleasure. God doesn't satisfy lust. He satisfies purpose. His purpose. I want a relationship because I feel lonely. God doesn't answer that foolish prayer. I want a, I want a girlfriend so that uh, when I am feeling lonely, you can come and visit me and keep me company. Yeah, it's a foolish prayer. It's a foolish. It's a foolish motive. Um, I am a graduate from Ashesi University. 
right now I think that I am grown enough to get a beloved. Uh, it's not your age. Gasu, it's not age. Do you agree? It's not age. Age is a foolish reason. It's a wrong motive. Me, hmm. I want a man to hold me. And no man has hold me. One, one person from Ashesi University, I've forgotten which year, came to me and said, Apostle, Apostle, you know, this boyfriend of mine, I want to break up with him. I said, oh, why? What has he done? He said, he has not done anything, no. But, hmm, he's the only boy I have kissed. I've not kissed other boys before. So I don't know how other boys kiss. So I want to be able to explore so that I can choose well. So that I know that what I've chosen is what I like. Yes. You say what? It's very interesting. Uh, people of your age, mate, who pass through my hand. Do you know what I have gone through with people's children? You have no idea. Glory to God, she is still married to the same person. The insult I gave her that day. The insult. First of all, I gave her the answer that I told you first that you didn't like. Kissing. How many top of anus do you want to lick? Naomi, why do you keep looking at me like that? Why? Is what? What did she say? Wrong motives deviate from purpose. And God will not give you a heart's desire as long as the motive for asking okay, it's wrong. The people were hungry in the wilderness. No problem. But they asked for meat to satisfy their lust. God got angry and fed them with meat and killed them because they asked it upon their lust. God, I said, God gave you that sexual feeling. But the reason for entering a relationship is not to satisfy a sexual feeling. It is to fulfill God's purpose. Do you understand me? So you don't start getting close to a girl because your friends are getting close to a girl. So you too, you want a girl. It's a foolish motive. You don't get close to a guy and start a relationship because he drives a nice car. Why are you looking at me like that? You are planning one... Uh, because some of you are say, Charlie, if I get this guy, half of my financial problems is solved. He is not an ATM. Let me address this thing that has come in Africa. You start a relationship with a guy, a lady, no, you have become the person's ATM. Oh, I need money for wig. I need money for shoe. I need money for pants. I need money for toothpick. Hey, you don't meet a guy and start begging. Are you a beggar? Stop it. Even if you have the most worst financial need, don't bring it on board. Have some dignity. 
and pray. Do you understand me? If you love me, you will send me to Papa and to get nonsense. Nonsense. You, you say what? What do they like? What is their level? What? Shogun. Tenoniji. Shogun. And what? Bondai. Muyare. Mese Muyare in Prophet Odo's voice. Muyare. You are not there to become a deep, uh, uh, to go and worry a guy, give me this. It's a foolish mindset to enter a relationship. Drop it. Drop it. Discover the real purpose. That there is a divine agenda. Start finding out. Make yourself eligible in important things. Build your mental capacity, emotional intelligence. Become a resource. Let a man find you and notice that, wow, I found a counselor. When you speak, there is wisdom. When you give a suggestion, this is money-making suggestion or this is kingdom-building suggestion. This is godly suggestion. Christ Jesus. It's not, it's a, those who will be, want to be rich by heart will pierce themselves with many sorrows. Let's go and chill. Let's go and chill. Let's go and chill. Go to Russia. All the people who get chill, they get amputated. They get snow bites. Obaya, did you hear that? Let's chill. Let's chill. Let's chill. You get snow bites. You will be amputated. Stop wasting money. Finally, finally, let's read something from Proverbs 31 quickly. Put the, uh, then we'll go into the questions. Proverbs, we are just reading. Look at something. Proverbs 31, quickly. Quick, 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 quick. Proverbs 31, 1. The words of King Lemuel, the let's go. which his mother taught him. His, two. So his mother, so in Proverbs 31, there are three women. King Lemuel's mother, a woman who weighs the strength of a king, and then the virtuous woman. Do you understand? Let's go. What my son, uh -huh. and what son of my womb, uh -huh. and what son of my vows, uh -huh. do not give your strength to women. Guys, have you heard? Yes, sir. Do not give your strength to women. Guys, what is your strength? Guys, what is your strength? <laughs> Brakovi, what is your strength? Somebody says touch. My brother, what's your name? Nils. I like your voice. Thank you. What is your strength? Somebody said the Lord. The Lord is your strength. Eh? <laughs> okay, let's read quickly. Do not give your strength to women 
nor your ways to that which destroys kings. Two, two important counsel for guys. Two important counsel. Number one, make sure that the strength of life that heaven has given to you, you don't waste it on women. Number two, he said your ways, the path of your destiny, the way of life, the way of your vision, don't waste, don't give it to a woman who wastes it. When your strength is dissipated, you cannot live life. You will, be, you will become devoid of wisdom, strength, peace, and joy. When you give your way to a treacherous woman, what is going to happen is that you are going to be bankrupt in life. There is a way of life given to you. Everybody said, that will show me the path of life. When you hand over that thing to a woman, like Ahab handed his ways to Jezebel, he lost kingship. He lost dominion. He lost relationship with God's people. Do you understand me? It means that if you are a woman here and a man gives strength to you, then understand that you, that woman, you are, uh, you are supposed to multiply the strength of the man, not waste it. So if you are here and you are a Jezebelu Satanus, you are an Atalia, you are a Delilah, who can waste the strength of a savior called Samson. You are a demon. Be careful. You say what? Samson did what? He did it to himself. That's fine. But when a man is foolish enough to fall into your trap, prove that you are a daughter of Zion. Don't waste your strength. Let's not subscribe to foolish mindsets. Me, I was in my corner and he came. So I'll show him that women, women, we are, we are, you are a fool. How many of you read the story I posted on the platform the last time? A man who was not eating but wasting, spending his money on the wife because he wanted the wife to be eating and look good so that the family would not say that he's a bad husband. What did the woman do? She saved the money. And this is a true story. He didn't waste the strength of the man. The man will go and work hard, eat small food, and bring the money to the woman because he wanted to prove a point. If it was some of you, you would chop your mouth. But that woman said, this money is not for chopping. He, she saved it. When the woman was about to collapse and notice, the woman found out that, hey, this is what this guy has been doing. He brought out the money. He, she's not the one. This is a real story. But I've seen other women do that. A woman, you give her chop money, she will save the greater portion of it. There was a time, there's a, a Nigerian millionaire whose story I heard. He became a millionaire. When he started a business, the business, every day he would give the money, the, um, uh, huge chunks of money to the wife. The wife was saving the money. One day the business collapsed. And he was crying. The woman came and said, all the money you've been giving me is millions of naira for over 20 years. This is it. You are not a poor man. 
the woman, man was like, hey, the man set up another business. He became a billionaire. Imagine how he treats that woman. But there are some of you women. You are wicked. You have a, wicked, a foolish mind. Let the last uh, leech drop from your mind. Foolishness. I didn't get the time to go into motives of foolishness. Job told his wife, you speak like one of the foolish women. It means there is a category of women called foolish women. And there are categories of men called foolish men. I have a message on the foolish man. Don't be a fool. Tell your neighbor. You are hungry and we are about to go home, okay? The way your face is like this. Me too, I am hungry. You are about to go home, okay? The way her face is, I'm even more lost for her. Tell your neighbor, stop being a fool. If a man becomes vulnerable, okay, in front of you, if a man becomes vulnerable, don't find out the strength of the man to waste it. Don't be a Delilah. Don't be what? What will you get from that? To destroy a general. Somebody that's supposed to be a king and a deliverer. You destroy the person. The hottest part of hell is reserved for you. Don't do that. Don't destroy homes. Don't waste the strength of a man. Be a virtuous woman. Let God bless you. Do you understand me? When a man is spending on you, don't waste the money. It is a strength. He said, a rich man's wealth is a strong city. So that wealth is a strong city. When that wealth comes into your domain, don't waste, don't destroy that strong city. You don't understand it, eh? One day you will understand it. Man of God, let's go. It is not for kings, only more. Uh-huh. It is not for kings to drink wine. Not Guys, for- have you heard? Yes, sir. Drinking gin and lime is not good for you. You will lose your mind. Let's go. Nor for princes intoxicating drink, uh-huh. lest they drink and forget the law and pervert. So you see what contamination does. Just. It makes you forget the ways of God and you pervert justice. Let's go quickly. Of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing. But don't do it. To those who are. So don't do it. Let's go. Bitter fat. Let him drink and forget his poverty. No, don't do it. Don't, don't give no any more. alcohol to anybody. Let's go. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Let's go. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and please Let's the go cause to the, the poor and needy. Who can find a virtuous wife? So, guys, this is a question to you. He said, Who? It means somebody must find them. Virtuous women are not common. The, the expensive things in life are not common. Otherwise, they won't be expensive. Gold is rare, it's expensive because of where it is hidden. Diamond is expensive because of where it is hidden. If you are there, you like dressing, opening your body, leaving nothing to imagination, you are cheap. You are what? You are a foolish cheap girl. You are what? You are a foolish cheap girl. You are what? Say it loud. The, the men of God say you are two cities and less. Praise the Lord. Let's go. Hallelujah. Who can find a virtuous wife uh-huh. for her worth? So, she's a wife before she's being found. 
and her worth before she is found is what? It's far above rubies. You are worth more than the natural resources available because you are a multiplier of resource. That is your value as a woman. Guys, pay attention. So the value of the woman is not in the shape of her buttocks, her hips, her breasts. So ladies, stop wasting your, your precious time on foolish things. Let's go. The heart of her husband. My sister is hungry, so I want to close early. Let's go. <laughs> the heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he the heart of her husband safely trusts her. What you want to do, what you want to do now, build yourself to the place where you can be trusted. And one of the things I wanted to go deep into in dealing with the hard heart is trust. One of the things that destroys relationship is trust issues. Hard heartedness destroys trust. Wrongful conscience, wrongful motive destroys trust. Trust is something that has become a rare commodity in our modern relationship. You can't trust people. You can't trust. Guys can't trust ladies. Ladies can't trust guys. Everybody's playing each other. You become Ronaldo and Messi. You are dribbling each other. Stop the foolishness. Let's go. So he will have no lack of gain. Have you noticed? So when trust is built and you are bringing your, your resources to bear in submission to the man, he said the man will prosper. He will lack no gain. Profitability is secured in a relationship. You may start poor together in terms of financial resources, but give them just five years. Give them ten years. Because they trust each other. They bring each other's ideas. They sharpen each other. By the time you see wealth has come, progress, they've become successful. May that be your portion. Amen. May that be your portion. Amen. I pray for you that as we are about to close, you will change the story of relationship in the kingdom and the wrongful patterns you saw in your family will not repeat itself in your Amen. life. May your destiny be so glorious in the kingdom. Yes, Lord. May you live in God, move in him and have your being in him. May your motives and mindset be established in his ways. I pray for you that foolishness will depart from your mind. The wrongful mindset of this world will not, will not take over your heart and your mind. May your relationship be sweet, Amen. glorious, Amen. profitable. Amen. I pray for you that heaven will feed you. In the name of Jesus, Amen. may anything that contends against glorious relationships and marriage be broken off your life and destiny. Whatever, whatever assignment, glory, purpose that heaven has placed upon you, I pray that heaven will give you the right partner. Amen. That heaven will give you the right partner. Amen. If you are not already married or in a relationship, may heaven steady that relationship and make it a divine agenda. I pray for you that demons that fight against glorious relationship will be defeated of your life and destiny. May you be blessed yes. in this way that we have spoken about. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Quickly, I hear there are like 14 questions. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to answer only one. Then the rest, we will do the Q&A on... on uh, either I will do uh, Google Meet, okay, one of the weekdays, maybe a Thursday teaching service. What's that? 
This people want to push me into some podcast business that I've been serving for years. We'll see. We'll see. All right. First question. First question. So there's this guy I like. And we've started becoming very good and close friends over the past year or so. However, I know that this isn't the time for me to be in a relationship. Yet I find myself liking him more every day. Though I know that this is the time to be friends. How do I maintain and possibly grow my friendship with him while dealing with these growing emotions? I feel as though I have tried everything and I just want to walk in God's will for my life. Everyone do answer the question. From the resident pastor, is it come to church every Sunday? <laughs> is okay. it Songs of Solomon chapter? Is it chapter one or chapter two? Do not awaken love before it's time. Yeah. <laughs> Where is it? Songs of Solomon. Is it chapter one or chapter two? Give me the verse quickly. Is what? Verse what? Oh, anybody. Help. It's chapter 8. Okay. For for clarity's sake, let's start from verse 1. Okay. One go. Oh, that you were like my brother. Uh-huh. Who nursed at my mother's breast. So this girl has found a guy yeah. that he, she also likes. The Shulamite woman has found a guy. Yeah. That, please, I don't know who asked the question. There is no name. No name, so, no name. But I'm sure most of us find ourselves in those kind of situations yeah. where you find people. I, I remember a couple came to me. They were going to get married. And by the grace of the Holy Spirit, okay, I noticed that they were not one. The guy has a friend, not a side chick, but a friend at work that they chat more with, that she chats more with. And the lady also has a friend at work that they chat, he, she chats more with and goes for lunch with. Not that they are starting a relationship. It's this, those kind of friendship that is developing into something, but you don't know what is happening, but you know that you are not necessarily in love. You are not cheating. Who has faced that before? You are in class, you are in school. You know you have a boyfriend. But there's this guy that is becoming so close for all the comfort, not some comfort. So you end up chatting more with that person than the one you claim you are in a relationship with. Meanwhile, it's not as if you have a problem. And you are not, in your mind, you are not cheating. Let me tell you, you are cheating. It's called emotional cheating. This is what is going to happen. Pay attention. This is what is going to happen. As long as the time you must invest in the relationship you are, okay, you are spending it to somebody, what you are going to you are going to build a relationship of trust with the new person you are chatting more because that person is knowing you more and you are knowing the person more and you are growing like abilities to the detriment of the, the, the relationship you must uh, cultivate. 
what is going to happen is that at the time that you want to get married, you notice you don't know each other and you'll be craving for the attention of the part, person you have spent your time with. So I told them, suspend the marriage. Postpone it for the next six to one year. Six months to one year. And build, cut off yourself from those external parties. And then chat. Become friends. This Shulamite woman, okay? So I did that and they helped them. They noticed within that period that they didn't know each other because they were not chatting. So when they are chatting, they keep mentioning, and my friend said, my, and this person said, and this person. So you compare the one you are in a relationship with this friend. Do you know what will happen? Argument. And some of you ladies too, you do that. My father didn't like used to treat Go and marry your father. Some of you guys who, my mother used to cook it this. Go and marry your mother. You get me? Yes, You've sir. come into a relationship. Stick to the. But let's answer the question quickly. Verse 1. Scripture, 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 scripture. Oh, that you were like my brother. Oh, like you were my brother. At my mother's breast. Uh-huh. If I should find you outside, I would kiss you. I he said, if I should what? find you outside. Pay attention to the scripture. You. I will not Because be if you come to me that I, you, you have found somebody mm. and you want to wait and you don't know your how to treat your emotions, I don't mind you. The answer is coming. That's what you have gone through. Shulamai Tuman, before Jesus Christ was born, this is like 4,000 years ago. Yeah. Somebody went through what you have gone through. All right, let's go. I would lead you and bring you into the house of my he mother. He said, who, if you are like my brother who nests at my mother's bed, if, if I, I find, find you outside, outside I, will I will kiss, kiss you. you. In other words, I wish that the friendship is so pure so that even if I kiss you, there is no logoligi logarithms. Do you understand me? Then he said, look at what she says. So Then what will happen? I would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother. And I would not be... Despised. In other words, then I will not be ashamed because I'm doing, there is pure friendship. But in this generation, it doesn't work like that because you have moved. Your emotions are too quick and sensitive. Your logoligi logarithms, they they kick in too quickly. At the sides, no, pium. At the sides, no, okru. Remember, why are you shaking your head? Also, let's read. I would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother. Uh-huh. She who used to instruct me. But you, you won't lead and bring to the house. You take to hotel. You take to a secret room. My God. You take to movie house. You take to Ashesi Hostel. Room 666. Room number 666. I would cause you to drink of spiced wine. You see? Uh-huh. Of the juice of my pomegranate. Uh-huh. His left hand is under my head. And his right hand embraces me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem. Uh-huh. Do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Pause. He says, if, I, if you were my brother, what we call brother zone, 
was a good thing in those days. Now, when people brother zone, they emotionally cut off. The person who asked the question, this is your answer. How do you do it? This girl said, this is how I will treat you. I will make you a brother. I will see you as a brother. So that the sexual... I used to explain it this way. Pay attention. Because this is the only question I'm answering. The next one, we'll do it on Google Zoom. Because of time. Have you seen I put out the light? Now, agape love. In agape love, there is filios, there is eros, there is everything. But there are switches. You can switch some things off. So you switch off eros. You switch off all the conditions. And love without condition. He says that there is something called love. Eros. Actually, that's what she's referring to. And he says that there, don't awaken it. Other version says, don't, do not awaken my love. But I like this version for the purpose of the answer I want to give. He says that if you were my brother, in other words, treat the person as a brother and deal with your logology, logarithms, such that it does not interfere. The problem with you in this generation is that your mindset is too fertile. You have crossed a line. You can't do it. Is that not so? Be sincere with me, ladies. Once you like a guy, you have undressed him a million times in your mind. When I say something and you make your face, I throw the microphone at you behind. You think I don't know you? You think I don't know how many times you have produced okro soup? Should I describe the area for you? Like somebody came to my office. She was very shocked. See how Erica is looking at me. There are some lines you were not supposed to cross. If you have crossed it, the only thing I'll tell you is I'll tell the person that, you know what, let's step back and, and, and put, don't draw a line. line. Line, you will just jump over it. <laughs> Build a wall. And put soundproof. Don't draw a line. Build boundaries. Proper boundary. And tell yourself, you know, forgive me. I'll use their story. Let me use their story. It's real people. I'll mention their names. Because for me, it was a good example. Unless they deceive me and God has not told me. But it's a good example. Herbertha and uh, Caleb, they met in school. They noticed they liked each other. And they decided, let's be friends. They came to me. They told me. They remain friends. No libi-libi. No labalaba. When they finished school, they came back. He said, we want to start. I said, go ahead. Beautiful. But you, when you say you want to be friends, you have kissed. You have held. You have seen. You have embraced. You have pressed all the keyboards. 
You have posa. You have massaged. You have. Why are you covering your eye? Why are you covering your eyes? <laughs> Bishop Boche says you have been checking for breast cancer. So the thing you have to do is that there are things that already worry us in this modern era. All the things you watch, all the things you see, all the things you've heard. Point is that when you are starting, be sincere to yourself and remain righteous. Don't cross some boundaries. They say curiosity kills a cat. You tell yourself you are not a cat so you won't die. But what is going to happen to you is that it is going to open doors that will um, capture your desires in ways that you don't have any power to resist. So some things, if you know, be sincere. You've met a girl. You've met, okay, Charlie, I think the way we are going, I think I like you. Pray about it. Oh, I've already checked you out. I don't need to pray. I know I also like you. Okay, we are not ready. Me, I'm not ready. But I really like you. Let's then be sincere. Then submit that friendship you want to build to a shepherd, a counselor, somebody that can guide you so that you'll be responsible. You can be accountable. Do you understand me? It will prevent you. By all means, you'll be tempted. But when you remember that somebody is watching us, it will be like a barrier. I say what? By all means what? It is impossible that you will not be tempted. Once you have acknowledged that you like the person, you will be undressing the person in your mind. So, you don't find yourself in secluded places alone. I'm helping you. The, the, the one who has a friend. If you, if you dare stay, even if it is an open space but you are alone there and there is nobody, there will be keyboard ministrations Have you seen? So what you want to do is to be sincere to yourself with your own motive, with your own conscience, and tell yourself, I like this person. There's nothing wrong in liking the person. Let the person know. There's nothing wrong in telling the person that, Charlie, I like you. If you get close to me around this time, Charlie, you are messing things up for us. So let's be holy before the Lord and let's build so that in the future when we are ready, the future can be three weeks. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Have I answered the question? Have I answered the question? If the one who has the question, you notice I have not answered, go back to the Google form and ask a follow-up question. But we will, we will do the rest on Google Meet, okay? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you have more questions, go to the Google Meet form. The same. Add the questions. Let's answer. Thank you for listening. This recording was brought to you by Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries. Stay blessed.